Hello and welcome to show 37 of the Veteran Gamers Podcast. Yay, 37. You know, 37 is the number of plays that William Shakespeare is thought to have written. Does it include all the stuff he wrote, though? Because he wrote loads of stuff, didn't he? Well, that's why it says thought to have written. In Uh, this thing I said, that's why I said it like that. You know what someone said about Shakespeare (laughs) when I was at school? Someone says, did did Shakespeare write Titanic? And I went, no! (laughs) (laughs) Dork. Um, Duke, I've got to ask you a question this week. Go ahead, ask away. Do, Do you live in Huntingdon, Virginia, by any chance? No, I do not. Why do you ask? No, because it's a good job. It's a good job. Because, right, listen, right. This week, what, I was... there is a job? No, no. Jamie well, Oliver. That's one of your weird expressions, have you, isn't have it? Have you heard of Jamie Oliver? Yeah, Jamie Oliver. He's the chef. He is the chef. Carl he's... Pilkington wants to take him to Mars. He's he's helping, apparently. He's, he was trying to help America get thinner. And oh, yeah, good luck with that. Now, I've got to ask you, right, in the first episode of this, right, he goes to Huntingdon, Virginia, and this is where he's doing this experiment, which has apparently got the highest morbidity rate in the whole of the world. Yeah, well, that's a good place to start. Right. So he went to the school, right, to the school there to see what sort of things. What do you think they were eating for breakfast at school? I don't know what they were eating for breakfast, but I think we have some audio of them actually eating breakfast. So let's take a listen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that probably was it, but what do you think they were eating for breakfast? They were probably eating fried Twinkies dipped in maple syrup. Nope. Nope. Worse than that. It was definitely worse than that. Pizza. They were pizza, pizza for breakfast. Pizza for breakfast. Now I've got to say a healthy, nutritious breakfast. I've got to pepper it's got all the food. It's got bread, it's got tomato sauce, it's got cheese. Can I ask? Some meat on top. What did he get for breakfast in your school, Duke? Uh, I always ate breakfast before I went to school. But you mean the school where I teach at now? Yeah, the school where you teach. Do you get pizza I don't for go breakfast? go downstairs at the cafeteria during breakfast time. I'm upstairs and eating. Yeah, I don't look at those people. <laughs> I don't know. They probably give them like scrambled eggs or, you know, reconstituted maple. Logs or something? I don't know. I just wondered, you know, whether the kids at your school are as unhealthy as all the kids at this school. You know, is that like a common healthy? But certainly, there's this new push. You know, you taking potato chips and candy out of the vending machines for the kids and putting in healthier stuff. Welcome to the uh, Health Wise podcast. Yeah. Oh, you have. Can I just? You got fried chips in your vending machines? Yes. What, like? He's talking about crisps. Oh, crisps. Crisps. No, no, I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Wacky it's, words. Yeah. Bag of chips. Fish and chips, please. I'm already machine for a. Can you imagine if you went in a chippy in this country and you can have fish and chips and he gave you a fish and then some crisps on the side? Just be real. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. Able to do introductions. I know, yeah. We, we have got Ginny. Yes, I'm here. Yeah, la, la, la. Oh. Uh, we've got Duke. Honey, what's wrong? It's politics as usual in Wisconsin. I know, the taxes. And the spending. We need someone who will represent us. We need change. We need some new booty. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's a woman running for the, I think it's the state senate or maybe the U.S. Congress. And that was her alternate, that was her original slogan. We need some new booty. And, uh. 
But <laughs> the frame, they can put a little motto on the ballot, and her motto that she went with, which is now being disputed by the election board, is, I'm not the white man's bitch. You wow. Joke. You can't put that on the ballot. She's like, yeah, I can't. <laughs> oh, my God. So, so will, yeah, they did a funny thing on The Daily Show about that. Will she get votes for that? <laughs> probably it's, some, you know, but probably not enough to actually win. Oh, that's frightening. Really scary. And we we have got a new voice on the show. <laughs> what was that? that was our new guest. <laughs> Sounds weird. Oh my god! Yes, for one week only. Well, it might not be for one week only. It may be, <gasps> maybe he may be on more than once. Who knows? Uh, but we have got Nick here, otherwise known as Surface Lizard. Hello, darlings. Hello. I've packed my best Radio Four voice for the occasion. Oh, what a voice! What a what a Hello. pair of lungs that man has got on him. That is seriously yeah. smooth. I feel inadequate now, I've got to say. It's not, about, it's not about the tone. It's about the quality of your words and, and size of the ocean and boat rocking and all that nonsense. It's like, it's like having like a speaking version of Barry White on the show, isn't it? <laughs> Barry you know, White he, could speak, Stu. I've heard people say that. <laughs> there, you go. there you go. Oh, yeah, baby. There's barely oh, any difference, is There's barely any difference between the two. Well, you notice you've never seen Barry White and me in the same country. True. This country. is true. I have He's yeah. now dead. Gives me free range, irrespective of the fact that I'm pasty and white and skinny. You know, that's yeah. just, it's all in the bodysuit. Yep. 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 There you go. Oh. Uh, whose idea was it to invite him on that guy? I don't know, yours apparently. <laughs> I think it goes for the record. <laughs> I just begged pathetically and harassed and stalked and spammed. But, the, uh, but there, is, there is a reason. We'll let you start off because there is a reason for you being here, isn't there? Crazy gesticulation, glowing bulbs and PlayStation. Yeah. Great. You, were, oh, you were stupid enough to buy PlayStation Move, weren't you? Oh, stupid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> piece of crap by Connect. Yeah, no, and seriously. and and you know he is our resident fanboy for the PS3 because he hasn't got anything else. So, you I'm know, not a fanboy, more of an evangelist. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I, I don't I don't want to start a flame war, but you know my my friends list is quite barren and no one comes on to speak to me apart from Unshorted Two, which was fantastic. I felt special, popular, wanted. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> okay. It was a magical <laughs> evening. Too bad, too bad. Chenny couldn't be there. Loser. Yeah, too uh... bad. You still on this? Sorry. Oh, yeah, I, thought... Mr. I use my PS3 as a DVD player. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, really. It is a good Mr. DVD I'm going to do community player. service and help the community. Screw the community. They don't need any help. Um, yeah, it is a good DVD player, though. Very it good. is. No, it does a good job of upscaling. Well done, sorry. It is. Yeah. It only plays right. all DVDs. Yeah, it only oh, does sorry. everything. It only does everything, remember everything. that. Everything. It only does everything. So, anyway... Anyway, move that ball. So, how's move work? Yeah, how is it? You you wave it around, right? And and like things yeah. appear on on the screen. It's like it's like magic, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Slow down. Wait, wait, wait. I'm I'm. Whoa, 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 okay. NASA boy. Right. right. So, so, what was the first game you played with it? First game I played, Tumble, physics toy, fantastic. Not a game in and of itself, but I got. Have you played the demo? No, because you haven't got to move. Wake no. up. There's this I can download awfully... the demo. Does that count? You, you can download the demo and you can ah, not play it. That's but, right. Um, it wouldn't I'm work still, with the six axes then. No. Still really, really bitter about the fact that you do not get a copy of Sports Champions. If uh, the Great Duke were to go and buy a move starter pack, what would you get? Oh, Sports Champions. What would we get? A demo disc. That's great. 
exclusive demos. No, they're all on the PSN store to be downloaded for free. You know, thanks, Sony, for all my hard work and dedication. I blew a great deal of my student loan on a launch PS1 in Ridgeway, so what do I get back? Slap in the face. That's by the by. Um, they, actually, you know, they had a promotion. If you had kept your receipt from back then, you would get this game now with Move. Now, you see, you say that, and uh, I'm an incredible pedant. I probably do have my PS1 launch receipt. <laughs> you should bring it to the store. Look at this loyalty. Look how long I've been a customer. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Come on, Mr. Kataragi. Look, it's a bit faded, but you can see. Oh, just shake my <laughs> yeah. fist in his face and uh, use my natural height to its advantage. No, um, PlayStation Move. I was a bit daunted at the start, because I mean, you get the side back, and then you start seeing words like setup and integration. I think, I think this is a real blow for the casual audience. I think you're trying to capture part of that Wii market. What you want is plug and play, which is what you get. Um, you put in the camera, you plug it in, you go to the configuration, you watch yourself on the screen, you do a bit of a dance, you know, you kind of pull up your top and check out the man boobs. Yeah. And then uh, similarly, the move controller as well. One USB, plug it into the PS3, push a button, lights blink, magic happens. You've now synced it for life. Uh, so set up five minutes. As I said in my review on the site, veterangamers.co.uk, best bit of writing you'll ever read, just, you know, go and have a read. Um, it's, it's, all, it's all in the plugs, all in the plugs. The um, instructions on paper are a bit sparse. You know, it's the kind of thing where you've got this huge roadmap fold-out, and actually there's a single paragraph, instructions are English, and every other language in the world, apart from Swahili, which wasn't there. But um, you're going to need to go online to get, I think, the better experience from that, which if you haven't got ability to do that is a bit of a kick in the teeth. As for working the move, I was taken aback by how accurate it is because the marketing spiel, when I was watching it at E3, they were talking about, oh, it's one-to-one, it's not pre-canned like the Wii and so on and so forth, which anything at E3 to me seems like marketing hype. It's like jumped-up guys in suits running around and ticker tape and streamers. But it's not Don't until believe you get... the hype! Amen. It's not until you get the thing home and... You put it down, and as I said in the review, I put it on a camera tripod, and I played Tumble. And I thought, well, let's give this a crack and see how accurate it is. And uh, we're talking down to millimetres. The, the most uh, minute shake is picked up. Then you put in sports champions, and you, you stand back, and you do this kind of whole flail-around seizure, grounded fish thing. And equally, uh, you don't lose any fidelity in the motion. So I've used Wii, and I've used Motion Plus, and whilst this arguably isn't better than the Wii, I think it's a real evolution of motion control. Uh, ergonomically as well, it's absolutely fantastic. It's about, in your window here, about eight inches long with a big bulb at the top. And you can, can I just, can I just what ask? What about the Move controller? How long is that? <laughs> oh! <laughs> I was going to say, can I just ask? I mean, obviously, I've got a Wii. And one of the issues I have, especially when I play first-person shooters on it, and I know not many people do that... Um, but if you go outside the range of the sensor bar, it goes all stupid and sort of flicks all over the screen, and then you have to try yep. and get it recentered. What what happens if you go out of the range of the camera? Well, the good thing about the move camera, so the, the eye camera, is you've got two settings. You've got a standard setting, and you've got a wide setting as well. When you put it on wide setting, it's really quite inclusive, and it's got a huge depth of capture. I'm lazy and I don't stand up, and I'm not one of these model advertising families who you see these kind of good-looking swine dancing around with my Wii controller. Yeah. I see those on the adverts, yeah, just like a clip of like a nice, happy family playing the Wii, and then you get that like middle-aged guy sitting back, crisps on his, on his yeah, chest, yeah. 
just going, oh, yeah, he's fucking great. He's, um, <laughs> that was so great. I want to be like him. Yeah. We we all want to be the, the guy in the wife beats top with the Wii controller yeah. and the big porn collection, but sadly, you know, we, we have to aspire to different things. But uh, I'm sitting probably about seven to eight feet back. And I, again, I've done sort of some tests trying to get range of motion. Um, it was very difficult for me to put the controller in a situation where it actually was losing the tracking. And when it does, it doesn't do the Wii thing where the whole thing goes a bit um, epileptic. It actually just gives you a little message and says, controller's out of motion, you, you pop it back in and you're straight away. So it, it's quite black and white. When it's in range, it works. When it's not, it just says, no, your little message comes up and it just stops. So it's, it's not a game breaker if you do get overexcited. The one issue I did have, and I, I highlighted upon this in the review as well, even though you've got a huge, wide sense of scale, if you've got four people there, all of them are using a move controller, all of them playing something like a sports champions or a puppy toss party. So you're doing a whole thing. You've got your arms going around. You're going to have a probably the people on the side might have a problem um, going out of range uh, on they occasion. Might have a problem tossing puppies. I say well, well, it's, it's difficult to be in a situation where you are trying to toss puppies in your front room and keep yourself in the camera and keep the RSPCA from coming in the front door. Yeah, but if you yeah. can do all of that. And again, the, the, one of the key differences between the Wii and oh. Move is the Wii works on infrared. So you could technically go and sit on the John and still play Mario Galaxy. Uh, right. This is all based on camera tracking. So if you go out of camera range, you're completely locked out. But, you know, that's a real minus factor. Well, can I, can I just ask, one of the criticisms that I've heard, you know, when you've got your 8-inch uh, tool out with the ball oh, on the end, uh, I've heard that you have to close the curtains uh, to make it work properly, especially in, in daylight circumstances. Is, 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 would that be the case? No, I, I've done backlight tests. Um, I'm sitting right by a window when I'm using it anyway. So first port of call you do, because I'd read this as well. It was one of the big caveats, or you can't have backlight because it tracks the light on the bulb, so you need to have a good light condition and so on and so forth. And that seems to me that's like a sort of pre-first generation paranoia. Open the curtains, sunny day, pull the blinds. So, you know, probably the most strong backlight you can get. Put the move controller on, calibration, away it goes, perfect. Close the curtains, lights off, pitch black, same thing. Turn it on, calibrate, perfect. That's only my experience, but I've had no difficulties whatsoever with this. What if you were to have a strobe light and you went back and forth between the two of them very fast? It's funny you should mention that. I did have to stop by a couple of illegal raves, and the whole five hours were just completely gone. You know, this guy passed me a drink. Oh, lovely, but that's by the by. But no, no strobes. But no, I've tried it in all my conditions I can, you know, normal light, dark light. I've tried catching it off. I haven't, I haven't, I've tried black light. No, sadly not. I, you know, I've tried to get some sort of compressive well, dark. can you come back and try it, please? Because it's not good enough looking. When I rewrite the laws of physics, I'm re- I'll go down to the Large Hadron Collider and see if I can get some electrons. There you go. Here. Now you're talking. Like, yeah, put no, this I'll... through the Hadron Collider, please. Absolutely. Put the controller through. Can I have a ticket to Switzerland, please? <laughs> so apart, yeah. from, apart from Tumble, or whatever it's called, <laughs> what else have you played with it that you've enjoyed them? So what's been the best experience so far, then? I've dabbled. So I would have to say... Resi 5 is a whole new game. Playing it on a controller was, was incredibly frustrating. That's not going to stop, start, stab, move thing. It's a lot more fluid with the move controller. Ruse, which I've picked up, it's, it transforms the game. It's playable on a controller. The minute you start going with the move controller, it's absolutely phenomenal. It, it's like playing a PC strat game. It's intuitive, it flows. You have a lot more time to manoeuvre and actually plan strategies and flanking and everything else. Again, I've only given that uh, 
probably about a couple of hours, if that, giving it a try. Some of the demos are incredibly good. Sports Champions, which is, if you think of it as Wii Sports Resort Plus, you know, with the move, you only get a couple of things in the demo. You get um, Frisbee Golf, which you can, again, really sensitive. You've got the whole sense of 360-degree motion with the Frisbee, up, down, left and right, you know, from the, you know, the subtlest flick. And it really picks up on the angle of your hand as well. And the in-game physics really work with the uh, the frisbee throwing. I'm I'm no professional frisbee player or crazy dog catcher. Oh, not but, really. No, it's funny that you know you see oh. these great videos of dogs that jump up and catch frisbees, and I've always wanted to do that and you know, grow giant vegetables and things. Yeah. But um, no, and it, the dog throws a... it back and hits Homer in the head while he's clapping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the dog brings back this giant marrow. But that's enough. Yeah. And. I played the shoot demo as well because I'm an absolute whore for light gun games, which I'm hoping that the PS3 move doesn't end up as a, a gimmick game-based system, which we, it's a good bit of kit, but I think it's begun to really suffer from bloatware, shovelware, party games. I think a lot of first-party system is going is to carry it forward in the next probably six months plus. I think as well what's really going to work successfully is an integrated sense. Effectively, you buy a game and you get two versions, a standard version and a move version. You can play them rotating around. If you want to go Killzone 3 as an example, uh, you can play that as a move control version or you can stick it in and play it as a joypad version. So I think the potential is really there. I mean, the accuracy is there. It's subtle things as well uh, with the move that they've really thought through, like not having a cable connecting the, I'll call it the nunchuck, the nav controller and the main controller. So you're completely wire-free because the nav controller works off the standard um, infrared connection, which is ideal. And also, probably one last thing as well, the ergonomics on it are absolutely first rate. The Wii, it's like holding a king-size Mars bar, isn't it? The, the Wii, it's, it's angular and square and white. Whereas the uh, move controller, you've got indentations in the middle. You've got really nice, uh, quite curvaceous, that, that sounds quite unnaturally stimulating. Is it ribbed Trigger. for her pleasure? <laughs> it, it, it is. It, it's got a wonderful vibrate sensation. So you, you could do a kind of a rest thing and just stick it on vibrate and you know, find yourself out of a relationship. You've got the big move button, which is the multi-purpose. I suppose the version of X does everything, which is huge. Got your PS button, which is in set. What I really like is the start and select buttons on the side. They are indented. And you have to really push them quite hard to make them actually impact and connect. So you can't accidentally click them in the middle of a game, which, I mean, if you're online or something, could be a, a life or death difference. It, frustratingly, I haven't been able to use the navigation controller yet. There isn't anything that's released, that, or at least that I've played, that is utilizing it. So I've bought a lot. So what about, what about uh, Resi 5? Surely you need that to move around, do you not? I w- I didn't, it didn't turn up in the post by that point. Ah. So I was there playing on Saturday. I was just using the um, the move six axis six with... axis move controller, which was frankly horrible. I mean, I know that what Sony have done is ideal. You don't need the nav controller to actually use move. You can use it with a six axis, but it, it's horrible. You you need a third arm or a natural appendage. Well, that's really use. designed for two hands, isn't it? Come on, let's be honest. Yeah, here. Just... and you're trying to hold it at an angle, and you, you've kind of got the. Um, the, the nub of the controller pressing you and it, it doesn't work and it's not convenient. But, I saw uh, someone do a demo of, of Resi 5 just doing that with the, the six axis and it just looked the most uncomfortable thing in the world. It, it, it doesn't look graceful in any way, shape or form. You know, it, it's effective and you, you can get these, you know, sort of poor northern fishing town boys who, um, that was a terrible accent, I'm sorry. It was terrible. 
Mummy and Daddy, I, 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 I aspire to be like you and Ginny. I'm very sorry. But, um, I'm not northern. Right? No, you're I'm you're just, more I'm northern just, than Nick. <laughs> just because I'm north from you, Nick, doesn't make me northern. <laughs> it's Ginny, Ginny, north of Bristol, to me, is, is foreign yeah. water. I mean, yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that's, that's scary overseas craziness. You know, they've got two heads over there and everything, you know, and the dragons, bad, bad yeah. business. It's true, but, it's uh, true. It is true, yeah. I mean, I've seen photographs and everything. It's, it's scary. Yeah. It's, it's all going to stand on the software. Looking I mean, it's out, it does sound, from what you're saying, it does sound like the uh, real-time strategy stuff is probably where it's going to be best suited for, you know, for something that's more serious than the, than the shovelware type stuff. What Sony have done is, I think they've brilliantly gone for the core market first. Uh, it, you could argue that they haven't done a big sell for the casual market yet. I've seen some posters, I've seen store demo pods, I mean, you know, they've been flying off the shelves down in my neck of the woods, doing Devon Boys, but um, when you look at it, the launch party, first release software, it's always going to be a bit mediocre. It's always going to be a bit uh, showcasey. I think give it for six months when we get the proper releases. When we get Killzone 3, I mean, we've got Ruse now. We've got Compatible. We've got iPad. But uh, we're going to start getting uh, Showcom real games. as well. It's going to work yeah. with Showcom 4 as well. Showcom's uh, going to be interesting. Sony uh, are pushing it, though, because it's on, it's on X Factor. Um, American, uh, American Idol, Duke, for you. But it's, got an, it's on X Factor, you know. Yeah, it's, they, it's they, good targeted advertising. And it's good yeah. advertising because it's, it's what Sony do best advertising. It's stylistic. It's striking. You're not learning a great deal, but you're thinking, my God, that's a desirable, um, you know, that's a desirable item. I mean, it doesn't actually say these are the games. This is what it does. You know, you go find that out yourself. Looks good. It glows. You buy it. Do I regret spending my money on it? At this point, no, not at all. Ask me that question again in six months when I've played some of the games. I'm hoping that the move is going to lead software development and not be a victim to it. What I want to see is, as uh, Stu was saying, uh, RPGs, maybe Valkyria Chronicles 2 with move support, fantastic. Flight Sims, not not a big market for the PS3, but nonetheless, you, you opened up to do that kind of thing. Um, FPS is going to be blown open by it. I'm looking forward to Killzone 3. You see, it, you see I've played first-person shooters on the Wii. And the the problem you get is there is no comfy way of using. I mean, it, I mean, from hmm. a shooting point of view, it works brilliantly well, you know, because you can point at the screen and it shoots where you're pointing, which is great. But the problem is, you can't do that for any great length of time. What what I ended up doing is you, you sort of balance your elbows on your knees. Yep. And and you sort of have this hunched forward stance to sort of do it for any length of time. But again, it's not the most comfortable thing. Or you That's stand how up. you walk around, that, though, Stu. That's how you get the turtle beach hand crutch, where you just yeah. put your arm in the hand crutch, and yep. it's just set up so it balances on the floor, and then you just do that all day. <laughs> if, you wear it, if you wear it for a year, you're guaranteed to uh, break your spine. And don't get me wrong, it's, it is the nearest thing you're going to get to a mouse and a keyboard on a console. It is. Mm. You know, from that direct sort of interaction. But there, there is no easy way of doing it without either stand. I mean, I played Red Steel 2, and I stood up for the whole of that game. I didn't sort Ouch. of sit down playing it, yeah, because there was well, no... Well, you also steel. had horrible hemorrhoids, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't get horrible hemorrhoids. That was the real reason. And I got a good imagine, workout because... I mean, imagine just... standing up for every game that yeah. you play. Imagine standing up for, the whole for game, Final Fantasy XIII. Imagine people who play Final Fantasy, you have to stand up to play it. Imagine you only get that. leg cramps for the first 25 hours. you got to stick with it, man. I mean, it was yeah. pretty active. I mean, I was doing a lot because it's all sword slashing and all that sort of stuff. So it made sense. You couldn't do it sitting down. There was no way on earth you could do it sitting down. You know? <laughs> do it and, and interestingly <laughs> enough, the developers of Red Steel 2 sort of made the comment that they they realised after two games that people don't want to stand up to play games. <laughs> yeah. Were they all, all the developers, were they all thin? 
Yeah, I yeah, think because they've been exercising so much. I, mean, yeah. I must admit, my arm used to ache after playing it a while, you know. I bet it did. Uh, 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 all that waggling up and down. Uh, Do you wear glasses, Stu? <laughs> I know. Um, have you been playing anything other than move stuff, though, is what we'll ask? Well, um, yes. I, I've gone back to Demon's Souls again. It's terrible. It's like, you know, when you break up with an axe and you keep creeping back to them? Demon's Souls. Finished it, and I'm like, oh, that's great. It's done. Oh, no, new game plus. Oh, just just have a quick go. And when you go, anyone here played Demon Souls? Yeah, I'm scared of that game. I've played a bit of it. it, it it'll <laughs> I killed break the first you. boss. I killed the first boss, right? Yeah. And then when when there was full white tendency for Valentine's Day, I think it was. Hmm. I, I put it in and I played a few hours and collected some really cool stuff because the dragons were gone. Yeah, uh, of course. So I went and collected some cool stuff from there, and I got the uh, thieves ring. Mm. And a couple of other bits and bobs because it was obviously a bit easier because, you know, not everything was quite as hard. Yeah. And and then I got scared again when it went back to normal, so I haven't sort of played it. <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you excited for Project Dark then, Nick? I think on the forums I use the phrase, I've had a sex wee, looking yeah. at that. Because it looks our Project Dark, right. It's, it's Demon Souls 2 in an orbit name, so that's going to be phenomenal. And also it's going um, 360 ps yeah, as well, so... Yeah, about about time. So we'll see if those three sixty boys can uh, can man up and take the pace. <laughs> um, Ooh, the ooh, flame war! Burn. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm not a. So what, what what sort of character did you play as? What what are I you? I played as a female soldier. I went for melee tanks, so, or uh, I put a lot of points into mostly as a strength build, strength and defense build, and I put a lot of points into keeping up. Did you get the purple flame shield? I think we're probably. I know, I know Chinny loves this kind of thing. So no, you, you see, know, but we, I'm. You see, I import. You see, the problem I've got. I imported mine from Hong Kong. Ah. So I've got the sort of Japanese version. It's probably got with all sorts of thing. like illegal yeah. eyes attached to it for. You know, so mine. So mine is all sort of Japanese players. I don't know. I don't think it goes on the UK servers. I don't know. It but, doesn't. All of the. Um, so you, you and I could never hook up unless you bought the proper UK edition. But that's there's, right. There's, but, all the messages that I've come across in the game are in English, which is really... Yeah, the message-leaving system, you can't make your own messages. You, you pick from a preset um, series of words. Yeah, so but even though me. I've got the Japanese version, the messages are still in English. I don't yeah, know. I, 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 I imported my first copy as well, and from um, Hong Kong, exactly the same thing. I think the Japanese version didn't have any uh, Japanese text. Yeah. So here's the question then. In that pre-selected list of things you can write to other players is, shut stupid fag! Is that on the list? Cause no, but there is, there is a sticky white stuff, which is absolutely ingenious. Demon's Souls is a game based upon sadism. It's this miserable bleak world. The game hates you. It wants to snap you and send you away crying for your mother with a little handkerchief. And it's, it's almost in keeping with the game. The fact is that you go in that game, when you go back to body form, someone can invade your game, kill you, you know, effectively get a huge load of souls and then run off again. That's yeah. exactly how it is. It's, it's based on hostility. Yeah, it, it's, it's ridiculously compelling. So I've gone in at New Game Plus. I thought I'd play like a scumbag this time. So I'm going to start invading people's games. I played a game at the weekend. It was absolutely fantastic. So I jumped into someone's game. Now, bear in mind by this point, because I've already cleared, I've got probably, I think I've got a maxed out dragon sword, maxed out spear, uh, wing spear, and best armor and a, and a proper purple flame shield. So you end up going and you look quite intimidating. And I found this guy who's playing as a mage running around with this crazy big hood. So I went up and he threw a spell at me. So I thought, okay, that's fine. You swapped to a silver shield, blocks all magic. And I think, oh no. Then he runs away. 
and it was it was five minutes absolute Benny Hill wonder. So I was chasing this guy around the level, and he was kiting all of these mobs. And eventually, you know, he got his health whittled down, and eventually he just gave up and just stood still. And I just sort of walked up and killed him, and it was quite sad. It was like you've given up in defeat. It was a heartbreaking moment. There should have been some sad music. Playing. You're a horrible person. I, I, I don't get out much. I'm very badly tested and tormenting that's, people. That's just horrible to do that to someone. Was... Anything apart from going around killing random people in demon cells then? I finally finished Alien Breed Evolution, which uh, you're my generation and you're an Amiga boy, so you might remember the original Alien Breed games as fondly as I do. Claustrophobic, dark, horrible... Uh, and that came out. I mean, it's got Team Seven Things name on it, so I've got to go down and buy that. Can I? Can I just ask? On the you see on the 360 version when that came out on the 360, it had Episode One in the title. Ah, uh, it didn't have it. On it's the not PS3, on the PS3, has it? And that really caught me off guard. It was a real Halo Two moment. I was playing it on Saturday, having a great time. Uh, Duke will be really pleased to know that I finished it with more ammunition than I could ever spend in my life. Talk about conservation! Yeah. Yeah, but that's fine. It, but it still is an episode one, then. It, it well, this is the thing: is I was I got to the point where when you get to the end of it, you cross to the ship that you crash into after uh, some you know huge colossal boss battle, and then this wonderful monochrome cutscene comes up, and then in the final frame you see this huge kind of swamp beast rise up. Like, yeah, fantastic boss fight. The end to be continued. And what? What? You know, I got the same Halo Two outrage. Now, what's interesting, I was going to say, there was a lot, what's interesting, when the 360 version came out, a lot of people I know really enjoyed it, but didn't buy it, because they felt they were being ripped off by only getting an episode of a game. I paid ten ninety nine, and I probably got, you're looking at about nine, I, I'm an explorer, I played each level very, very thoroughly. So, a rusher, forgive the phrase, will probably get about four hours out of the game, I got about six or seven, and I don't begrudge that, because you've got replayability, and you've also got the co-op as well. And it, it, it's a you pay your money and you, you make your choice. Well, what I think is interesting, though, I think they've obviously purposely left that off the title because maybe it didn't sell as well on the 360 as it was hoping. I agree. And you know, they it's... probably think about it as something that's going to increase sales. People think that the idea is, oh, this is a great game and there's more to come. Awesome. Whereas if they were to just leave it and be like, oh, here's another part, then people would probably be more excited. I'd be I interested think... to see the difference in sales between the two, you know, um, without yeah. having it in the title and with having it in the title. I think a lot of consumers, maybe on the 360, are quite wary of anything. It's like a horse armor situation. Episode one, £10. What are you selling me? Are you selling me part of a great trilogy or are you selling me half a game? You know, you, you've mm-hmm. got to crunch time. You force this out. You get your revenue in and the revenue for part one is effectively funding part two. It's like... Uh, like a Wallace and Gromit scene where he's laying down the train tracks as he's going along in the, the wrong trousers. But uh, worth the money. I, I, I didn't co-op it. I'd like to have co-op it, but my, uh, there was no one on the PS3 playing it, which is a heartbreaking shame. But I can imagine that you know you go through and play that in co-op. And it, it's, I really enjoyed it. It's dark. It's claustrophobic. The camera is a bit irksome to start with because you manually do it by 45 degrees with the shoulder buttons. But... It's it's insane. There's a lot of things bursting out from all around you. You get a lot of um, choke points. Gets quite panicky. But uh, no, really enjoyed it. Okay. Short ending, disappointing, but uh, could have been a bit longer, as my okay. old girlfriend said. So, Duke, seems you've been fairly quiet for a change. It's not like you. Yeah, I know. Imagine that. I know. What nice, have... we got company. I know. What have you been <laughs> up to then? What have you been doing? <laughs> I've been mudding. Uh... You've been wadding. <laughs> 
no mudding. There's a thing that by the time this goes out, there will be a thing on the site about these multi-user dimensions that I've been playing around in. Uh, I've actually been addicted to them for a few years now, but I haven't really spoken about it. What the hell but did you go on about? Break the silence. Okay, you know Zork. Yes. Yes. His old text text game, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, a multi-user dimension is kind of an online version of Zork. It's the very earliest forms of MMORPG, and they had their heyday in like the mid to late '80s. And now they're obviously not very popular, but there's still a few of them going strong, and I've been playing a bunch of them this week. So, yeah. Are these are text-only, called... are these? Text? Yeah, they're text-only. They have, they have fancy colors, so like when it says, you know, the zombie hits you, the hits you part is in red, and, uh, you know, you can hook up sound to it, so when it hits you, you know, or whatever it is. And um, is a zombie like another person in the game? Well, sometimes you can go after other players, but most of the time I'm just going after NPC monsters or uh, mobs as they're sometimes called, or denizens, whatever. Each 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 different mud has its own um, terminology and stuff, so you kind of have you to know what? Do you know what? Just when I don't think you can get any more geeky, <laughs> you know, get more geeky. But it's funny because there's something about, and I wrote about this on the thing on the site, which you all haven't read, but people who no. are listening hopefully will have already read, that you know, just as when you read a book, there's something different going on from when you're watching a movie because the reader is in some way creating the story in his or her own mind. So too, I think, is there a particular draw for MUDs because you are doing something different. You know, you're reading and you're sort of imagining it rather than having it all splayed out in front of you. So that's my that's my argument for when you know when people read a book and then they watch the film and they always say, "Oh, the book's better." It's because you wouldn't imagine a shit setting. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah, exactly. a shit kind of like character. You wouldn't imagine like the worst right. thing, but in a film, idiot. yeah, when, when, like, when they give it, when they give a role to an actor that you don't like or you don't like the look yeah. of, you can't change yeah. that. But in your imagination, sure. you can. So in yeah. a text adventure, I guess you would imagine like this awesome epic like cavern <laughs> or something. When really yeah. a game couldn't provide that if it right, right. displayed it. Sure. So, I mean, I admit that it's geeky and weird and <laughs> stupid, but uh, I don't care. I'm having fun with it. So, yeah, I've been playing a lot of MUDs. And then I played some Modern Warfare 2 with Duper. Oh, yeah, Duper. And little Section 8. Oh, I can't believe you're still playing that crap thing. It's a great game. Why don't you shut up? Yeah, but if it was a great game, everyone would be playing it. It's usually a good sign when there's, like, no one playing it that it's not very good. Whatever, man. That, people are just idiots. I don't care. <laughs> they don't have any taste. It's Nobody's a, playing Quantum of Solace either. Oh, wait, you don't like that either? No, it's not I don't like it. Nobody likes it. <laughs> so? People are... Nobody is cool enough. That's fine. I don't care. <laughs> so, Ginny... I what, like what I like. What Go on, you, Ginny. What have you been up to? Right, all you guys are rubbish, because you're playing old games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, old rubbish games. I've, I've played Halo Reach. Yes, I've played that too. Halo okay. Reach, I've done that. The, one of the biggest games this year. And not, and we just, a minute, just a minute, just a minute. Woods. This is for Skulldugra. Woo, that game is brilliant. God, I love it. I can't believe how excited I was playing it. There you go. All right. Um, so Halo funny. Reach. Uh, it's a lot like the other Halos. Yeah, right. I would agree. <laughs> and, you know, you shoot stuff in <laughs> the space, and, you know, you shoot in an assault rifle, and you reload, and you've got armor upgrades this time. What do you do? It's still great. I love Halo, right? It's still brilliant. It's just on par. So far, 
Uh, that rhymed. That nothing about it has like gone. This is the best Halo ever. I, it definitely looks better than every Halo. It, it's um, the scale. There's a lot of scale going on. There's lots of like wars and battles going on like over the horizon that you can't reach. But uh, ha, see what I did. Um, but you know. It, it, oh, reach! Lot... I get yeah, it. See. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for catching up. Nice to see you. But there's, there's a lot more going on on screen and in the background. Uh, the character models look good. Uh, thank God that the main character is in the mute, but you don't. You know, well, so far I haven't seen his face, so he's just about as charismatic as the Master Chief or Master Chef, as I like to call him. Um, some of the characters, some of the other characters, I don't really care about them. Like you know, they're not really like you know, blah, 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 rich and all that. Blah. And they, you know, they take themselves very seriously, and I don't care really. I'm just like there's some kind of lesbian woman uh, who's Russian or something, and she's about she's really you know, she's boring. She's really boring. There's some British guy with a big handlebar mustache who's like a heavy like set guy, and his accent annoys me like all British accents in American movies that always do. <laughs> uh, you know, so. There's nothing what amazing. are you talking about? We've got oh, great accents. We better, we better shake this cow. Um, Let's do this. And sometimes it, they are genuinely British people doing the voices, but for some reason <laughs> it just seems so out of place. I don't know why. Because they're getting direction from the director. No, 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 do it like more British, man. It's more British, yeah. Um, it's not because to Americans Britain is only London. Yeah, pretty much. Well, of course. Pretty much. <laughs> of course. Uh, Unless it's, sorry. <laughs> Now, before we before we go on, I've got to say we we did the we did do the midweek sort of uh, have a quick yeah. chat about and and we were That's accused right. of being very down on it. Did we? I mean, yeah, not, it's good. Like, I mean, it is good game, right? Yeah. It's just nothing like oh my god. If you were to right, okay, if you'd never played a Halo, right, and you come up to me and you went, oh, I want to play a Halo game. Which one's the best one to play? I'd probably say, you know, one or Reach. Yeah, I mean, I'll be like, Reese is pretty good. Play that one. It's it's more up to date. The graphics are nice. You drive I mean, around. You shoot but stuff. as you said before it came out, Stu, this is sort of like the send off for Bungie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it seems like this should be, you know, an epic conclusion. And maybe it will be at the end. Yeah. But I've heard, I've it like blowing us out of the water the way it maybe should. I've heard the second half is better. Like, there's 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 a lot more set pieces. It was After set pieces. The first twenty five hours, it gets yeah. really awesome. Yeah, when the <laughs> tutorial finishes, it's brilliant. Um, <laughs> You know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with the missions I've played so far. It's just, you know... They are, I, found, but, I must admit, I found the first half of the game to be... Because I'm probably about five, six hours in now. I think we're exactly the same place. And it's you. very generic. I feel, I feel it's quite generic, really. And nothing... Okay, Chinny, Chinny Institute, if I were to say more of the same, would you agree? So far. Um, a little so bit. Far. Okay, okay. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, but, but I've, I have heard that the last couple of missions, the next mission that I have to do, I know what's going to happen. I think, well, we've seen it at E3. It's the one where you go to space, right? And um, that's something new, right? So I'm looking forward Spoilers. to that. Uh, he, was, he was at E3. Get out <laughs> been on E3. Oh, by the way, Reach falls and everyone, you know, someone's going to die. So not everyone, but one person. Um, Is it going to Yeah, I hope so. All right. This is boring. <laughs> Who's the most boring spotted? You. See you later. Bye. Um, and why? Right? Why? Yeah, why have think... we not? Why? Why are you just six? Why have we not got a name? That's one thing that I was like. Why? Why have we not got noble six? Therefore, noble six. Noble. come on, six. We've got to move. Why would he keep calling him six? Why has he not got a name? It could be an homage to great sixties surrealist uh, drama. The prisoner. It's just weird. It's just because everyone yeah, else has got a name, it. but we're just six. Uh, or maybe it's a thing with the prisoner. You know that old TV show? It's like I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. What I what I have got to say, I have 
played on Saturday quite a lot of the multiplayer. So have I. And I think you and I are going to say the same thing again. Go on, Stu, carry on. I really liked it. I really liked it. I thought yeah. it was excellent, and they've got some fantastic modes in there, you know. And Invasion is by far. Oh, we didn't favorite. play Invasion. We played oh. uh, Headhunter, which I thought was excellent. Remind me which one was that? Oh, is that when you drop a skull? You have to kill yeah. Kids. Every time you kill someone, a burning skull flies out of them. You have to pick them up and collect them, and then drop them. You have them to off. shoot them in the head, though. You, yeah. You can't... No, no, no. You didn't. No, you don't. They I just think you do. No, you don't. I played the beta. No, you, we definitely didn't have to. You just, as soon as you killed someone, they're, they're just yeah, the but head. If carry, no, but if they're carrying skulls, they also drop those skulls as well. Yeah, they do. So you can pick up four at once and then go and deposit them. Yes. And that was uh, a lot of fun. Really good fun. Uh, um, jetpack, jetpacks are always fun. Jetpacks well. work well. They, jetpacks. Make you, they make you very vulnerable, though. Like yeah. You're up there in the air and you're very easy to kill, so you can't. I think I found that also in the, in the campaign when you get the jetpack for the first time in that. Mm. You know, and you think, oh, I can shoot yeah, a Yeah, you do. Now. Yeah. Well, I'm playing it on Legendary, so I can't... I, can't, I mean, I'm, I got to a part, and I think I need someone to play with. Yeah. So I got to a part, I got to the part, which I'm assuming you've got to, where you have to take out these huge, massive guns. Yes. You know, like, and the that's, second... not metaphor, that's not a metaphor for tits, by the way, Duke. The second <laughs> one, there's like two of the huge tank things, you know, the, the I don't even know what they're called, but the big tank that send plasma cannons on them and everything. Right. So you have to take both of those out. Yeah. And then you sort of do all that, use up everything you've got, and then there's two massive hunters guarding it, and I'm just like, yeah. what the hell am I supposed to do? Well, not... What are they going to do, Stu? They're going to hand it to you. Oh, you go on, then. Yeah, yeah, I had no ammo left. There was no ammo to pick up anywhere. I was I was feeling a bit like Duke, I have to say. And do you know how I managed to do it in the end? I just ran past them. <laughs> I, just, I just sprinted past them. And, yeah. and just went up and, and blew it up, and and that was in the end. I gave up trying to kill them because there was no point. Yeah. Well, I've, as I say, I'm doing it on Legendary, but I'm doing it co-op. Right? I've never played a, a Halo game on my own, really. Uh, and I think that's the way to play you yeah. know, any Halo game. And with this one, it makes more sense. Uh, uh, you know, because there's multiple Spartans and all that jazz. Um, yeah. So uh, I like it, but uh, yeah, the multiplayer is where it's at. The invasion. Oh, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I love yeah, it. Yeah, we played that. We played, we played some races. We went on some of the Forge race maps. were phenomenal. Some people have made some really crazy stuff already. You know, really crazy stuff. Mm. Quite well, amazing. I, I, I haven't touched the Forge, but like the, the, the invasion is like front lines fuel of war. Or right. Like that. It's like, you know, you, you defense or, or attack. And you have to defend these two points. And you, if the, the attackers uh, take over one point, then more of the map opens up, and then they have to you have to fall back, and the classes that are available to you change. So now you can use different abilities and different weapons. And there's one called like the Spire, I think, or something, or the Tower, or something. And it's like you have to torture people. Yes, and you have to, it's vertical, really. You have to get to the Spire, then it's vertical, uh, and you have to go all the way up, and it's it's just super exciting, absolutely brilliant. See, we never it. played that. We played we played Infection, you know, where. Yep. Everyone gets turned into zombies. That, that started that. off as a as a kind of variant on Halo 2. Someone made yeah. it. Some kid made it on Halo 2. Now it's in the actual game. So we played Infection, which is really cool. Uh, we played uh, Headhunter. Mm-hmm. We played um, King of the Hill, which was a m- just manic on quite a small map, and everybody was just dying every two seconds trying to hold the point, which was really fun. Yeah. So that was a lot of fun. People were dying everywhere. It was great fun. And we played another one called, I think it was called Juggernaut. Juggernaut. Where they, 
where the main person has a, a gravity hammer. Right. And you have to try and kill him. And then yeah. the next person gets a gravity hammer and sort of so on and so forth. And uh, that, that was, was quite that? really hard to kill him. Stu, you said there was one called Infection and there was another one called what? Uh, the other game modes? Juggernaut? No. Yeah. What was the other one? I don't know. I can't remember now. Headhunter? I don't... That's not even cool Frozy. Yeah. We can... What? We can oh, hear for... it. Ah, <laughs> Segway yeah. fail. Excellent. Fail. Yeah, really? <laughs> yeah, but I think, I think with those game modes, though, Stu... Bungie are like just so clever with them because they can you know, they can hot swap them around a lot as well and the, the the weekly challenges and like the monthly challenges they they do all these things it's what Call of Duty can't really do at the moment is just swap it all up and change it and you put the game in uh, you know six months later and if there's there's different things going on and that's you know, what's what so it, unique what about funny? Halo Halo Three now is not what Halo Three was when it was released you know you know what was funny at one point. Everybody was chasing the guy with the hammer, and it was it was a bit like Benny Hill watching this big line of people running after him around the map trying to catch him. Yeah. It was very very funny. Yeah, it really was quite. So we had a lot of fun, you know. So thanks to everyone who uh, played. It was, it was really good. I was I, I've sort of almost got the multiplayer bug a little bit again. Have to say, Ooh. I haven't really played any for ages, and Ooh. yeah, I, I quite enjoyed it. I did enjoy played it. Played the the firefight. Uh, no, but I played that in in ODST quite a lot with Hawks. It's not, it's not changed really. I mean, look, there's there's different things you can customize now, either skulls and stuff. And yeah. they've kind of broke the game because there's a there's a way you can do it where you just in, you know you can't die. If yeah. you um, if you go on IGN, they they tell you how to do it. But why then, would you wanna? Because what's the point? Achievements. I know, but that. It, it defeats. It break, it, yeah, but it, break, it breaks the game, which which I think they're gonna they're gonna uh, patch it'll it get, it'll get patched quickly. Yeah, it's a bit of a big gap. But you so anything else? Anything else? I believe you've been playing another biggish game. Final yes, Mafia Two. Yeah. So Mafia what two. do you think? I've got some harsh words to say about Mafia really? Two. Yeah. <gasps> Very harsh words. I go. I go. What? Sorry. 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 Do we have a review noise to go along with this? Yeah, we got. <laughs> no, 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 not yet. But I have some very harsh words. Not about Mafia Two, but the people who said it was oh no side quest. Mafia Two is probably one of the the top games of this year. It's phenomenal. Mafia Two go. is brilliant. There you go, man. It doesn't need them, does it? It does not need the side. Fantastic. Things. Anybody who says oh there's no side quest, shut up. Shut yeah, up. I agree. Right. It's brilliant. I, I, I was totally blown away by it. Um, I, I went into this game thinking, like you know, I remember telling you guys, I, I'm excited for this. I, I think I'm going to enjoy it. And then reviews came out. People said, oh, there's not a lot to do in the world, just the story missions. And I thought, I'm still going to play it. I, I think I'm going to enjoy it. But maybe it's not going to be the game that I, I thought it was. And it, it totally is. It's brilliant. It's so detailed and rich. And, yeah, there are no side missions. But Duke, right? You're a you're Italian American, right? Working in the mafia. No. no, my wife is. Okay, yeah, but no, no, I know you're not. But I'm just putting. Oh, in the game, right? Right, in the yeah. 1950s, you're Italian American, and you're you're working for the mafia, right? Yes. Um, you've done some missions. You've you've whacked some people, as they say. And yeah. Forget about. Now, it. would you go off and do 25 stunt jumps and kill 100 pigeons? Sure, why not? No, you, <laughs> you wouldn't. Know, get, get some street cred. Get some respect. <laughs> No, 
everything you do in the game, you do have to do very mundane stuff at one point. You, like, I, I heard an argument for like GTA games and stuff. He's like, why doesn't he get a regular job and, and, and you know, earn proper money? He was, well, that's boring. All right, and in you don't want to play a game where you're like an architect, like drawing lines on a board. That would be stupid. In Mafia 2, right? He, he, he that was a heavy rain joke, by because, the way. Because, nice. Because of his mom, um, he, he has to try. He, he tries to do get to an honest job, and yeah. every time you have to lift boxes up and put them in a lorry. Uh, sorry, a truck. I heard about that. And every time he puts one down, he just insults the job. And he says, "This is fucking stupid." All right. And every time he puts one down, all right. And it, you know, it 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 doesn't force you to do it. But I tried to do as many as I could, and then he eventually gives up. And and Stu, your argument about oh, I don't really like this guy. I don't like him either. But he's not like he's not pretending to be a war hero. He was forced into the army. You know what I mean? He was like he was. He, no. What I have now, no, it's interesting because we've got an email relating to this today. But what what I didn't like about it wasn't that. What I didn't like about him was that his father, and he obviously cites him at the beginning, saying his father was badly treated by his boss, yeah. and the boss is the dude who you go to work for who turns out to be linked to the mafia anyway. So, you know, his dad was badly treated by someone and he ends up doing the same thing to other to people the, that happened work. to his he dad. Does, he does talk about that. He's like, oh, well, you know, the, uh, he, he gets out of it very quickly, though. He do, you don't really work for that guy very much. No, but do you understand what I mean? And that's, that's yeah. what I didn't like much. Well, about. I think what, what you came across as is like, why am I supposed to like this guy? And you, I don't think you are. It's just... This guy, he, he had a choice, go to jail, go to the army. So he went to the army, and then he came back, and he fell back straight into crime. You know, crime's all around him. Um, and, yeah, this is my problem with this this uh, this game, is that all the white people in it look the same to me, right? They, they He says, here, Vito, I'd like you to meet someone, someone. And I'm like, haven't I already met this guy? They all look the same. Everybody looks the same. They all talk the same. They all look the same. Apart right. from the main racist. characters. No, the main characters look slightly Joe, different. Joe, but... I could only tell Joe yeah. because he's fat, right? Yeah. And maybe one of the others. But they are... I'm... So some of the characters are just very kind of dull and stereotyped or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, and the story itself, right? I mean, it's a kind of underdog, like, you know, he was born in Italy, he came to New York, and then he works his way up the mafia, and then he gets married. It's like a very standard mafia story. There's nothing... And, mate, look, there's nothing... It's not pushing any boundaries, but at least I'm comparing it there's a, there's to... A, there's a moment you come to in the game where it, it sort of does a little bit, and I've got to say, I was quite shocked. There, well, is, there is a bit you'll come to where you're like... Where you do sort of think, God, that that was quite shocking. I wasn't expecting that. And, well, and it is quite... It's, it's a pivotal moment in the game. What I'm saying is that, like, at least I'm comparing this story to a, to other mediums, not just other games. Yeah. You know I mean, that's that that itself is a, you know, quite a, a... It's a compliment, you know what I mean? It's like, it shows you how how far we've come, I guess. Um, but it's not it's not a Goodfellas, you know? It's not a, a Godfather or whatever. You, uh, you, simply because you don't really root for the main character, you're not behind him. You're not. You, you don't. You know. You don't want him to win in in some ways because he's not a great guy. Um, you know. He's he's now like Ray Lottier or Frank Lucas. No, and he's a bit. He's a bit one-dimensional. He is quite sort of brutal, and he'll yeah. just do whatever he needs to do. And I think that's the difference when you you sort of get you sort of a main character in a 
in a gangster film, they've got some sort of redeeming yeah. features or something. Some, because in Goodfellas, I mean, like Ray Lottie's character, he's, he's a horrible guy. Yeah. Right? Uh, and Frank Lucas uh, from American Gangster and stuff, he, he's, he's, he's selling heroin, you know, to, to, to kids and stuff, and they're all dying. But for some reason, you, you, you believe in his morals. Yeah. Um, and you, be- you believe he's, he's trying to do something right. With this guy, with Vito, he's, he doesn't really have any... I mean, he likes his family and stuff, but he doesn't have these strong morals. So that, I think that where the story-wise, um, that's where it's weak. But that's quite an advanced criticism, I think, um, for a game to have. That's like, so I was quite pleased that you know it's doing a lot of things right. Um, let me tell you a story about what happened with Mafia 2 today. One of my favourite moments. Uh, yeah, spoiler. So, it's a well, it's a it's a tiny, tiny, tiny bit, right? Okay. So, um, I go to see my sister, right? Someone's been beating on my sister, right? So my sister's not happy, and her husband's been beating her, right? And I'm like, no one's gonna touch my sister, right? And all of a sudden, the music starts, and this song comes on, right? And I'm like, I'm gonna fuck this guy up, and I just the, the music was just getting me going. I was gonna fuck him up, and I fucked him up. So I just love the music. In was the that game. the Crossroads theme tune? I don't know. No. no. What's it, what's it called? I don't it's know. He goes. I'm by Dwayne Eddy. It's. Um, Do you know? The music, the the music, music is phenomenal. The tone. So when, when you get into the 50s, it's like, oh my Excellent. god, it's fantastic. Uh, and there's just so many little things going on. Like you walk down the street, you you hear people talk. You walk in people's apartments, and there's all these scripted events going on. Like you know, like a Call of Duty game. Like you walk past something, and something will happen. But they're so well done. Uh, and by far, one of my favourite moments in the whole game is when you're try you're you're escorting the, your two drug friends, and one of them says, "Pull over, pull over! I have to throw up." Right? And I stopped the car, and he got out and threw up. In my friend's game, he swayed the car left and right, and he threw up in the car. Right? <laughs> so it just shows you just it's oh, like heavy rain, man. All sorts yeah. of possibilities. But I think it should be compared more to like an Uncharted or uh, like a Heavy Rain maybe than than a GTA because it, it, is. it is super linear in an open world game. I, I, I'm a, a massive fan of this structure. Just I like know, it. I really it's divided like into it. chapters, just like Alan Wake is. You know, the pacing is perfect. Um, and I, they've made this really conscious, mature effort to to do everything you do is relevant. You know, everything they do has context. You know, you, you, you're not jumping around on stupid stunt jumps. You're not, you know, catching pigeons. You're not, like, remote control, flying a remote control helicopter like you did in San Andreas. Everything you do has purpose. And, you know, uh, some people don't don't see that, I don't think. And I just think it's one of one of the best games of this year. I absolutely love it. I cannot put it down. Cannot there you go. Down. There you go. But you'll not be disappointed. The ending, I like the ending. Yeah, I, I might even get the DLC, even though I've heard that it's very short. I might even get it. I don't yeah. care. I like the ending. I thought the ending did it justice. I thought ah, it did it justice. So you'll, you'll not oh, be disappointed. It's so it's, good. It's so good. It's not quite up there with Red Dead, but it is It is very good. Red Dead, Alan Wake and Mafia 2 are up there for me. They really are. I haven't played Mass Effect 2 yet, but... I was about wow. to say, maybe you get around to playing Mass Effect. Yeah, I, did finish, I did finish Batman, though, this week. So Batman? Yeah, the, end, the ending's awful to that game. Whatever, it's fine. It, 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 there's it, a great part where, oh, wait, we already spoiled that. Yeah, it's horrible. The ending's fine. The ending didn't bother me. It was all right. It was yeah, horrible thing. Um, well, the only other thing I play, because we've talked about Halo Reach and Mafia 2 now. Reach? Uh, and Mafia 2, yeah, I, I really enjoyed Mafia 2. But, yeah, um, the only other thing I've played is the Enslaved demo, which came out on the PSN. Oui. 
enslaved. Yeah, but only in the UK, apparently. Yeah, yeah, nothing in... Well, that's because it's all fractured, isn't it? So, uh, Sony Network, if you're in Japan, you get something different to America to... Can you imagine how irritated you'd be if we got something that you didn't get? Yeah, but I have an American account, so I just go and download it off there. Oh, I'm going to get a British account. Hey, I'd like to have a British account for my PS. I told you, I put, I put my address as the, the penthouse suite Waldorf. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot that's about that. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I put as my address. I'll talk like this for the rest of the podcast. Please uh, don't. <laughs> yeah, don't. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Enslaved. Do you know what? There's a lot of people going, oh, it's not that great or whatever. I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I thought it was really good. I think it's definitely got some potential. You know, I think I don't think it's stand out sort of, you know, blow your socks off, but it's the most colourful, unreal engine game I have ever seen. Right. Because I didn't realise it was Unreal Engine until I started up and I was like, God, I didn't really realise it had any colours other than brown and grey. Mm-hmm. Who'd have known it? Who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thunk it? But I love the opening to it. I think it's just a really cool opening. You know, where all the you've you've seen the video, haven't you? Where all the the sort of wings flying off and he's climbing along the side of this huge sort of prison shit. No, have you not? No, I yeah, saw that. Oh, it, you, you know, that you loser. Yeah, and the platforming works really well, but th- there is some weird stuff in it. Like for instance, you cannot fall off a platform. It, you literally, if you run to the edge, you just sort of stops. Right. You know, so it's very hold your hand in that respect. There's definitely no penalty to get. Well, you can't. You, you almost cannot get it wrong, which is a bit weird. You know, you can't fall off anything. Yeah, you can't fall off anything. When you run to the edge, it just sort of does a bit of a sort of swaying motion and then drops back right. to the platform. Well, you know, whatever. So it does all that. But the platforming was fluid enough. I felt sometimes the camera angle was a bit weird when you were running and sort of getting just orientating yourself which way you needed to go. But apart from that, I really quite enjoyed it. I'm quite looking forward to giving it a play, I have to say. I, I, I didn't decide. I mean, you yeah, you played this, didn't you, Nick? And you, you weren't overly impressed with it from what I saw. I, I, I went in with absolutely no expectations. And, oh, no, it's, it's, it's going to be an Andy Circus model. But... What I really liked is the sense of scale and depth and, and potential as well. The whole concept of having this huge, overgrown New York, which has been kind of taken back by um, well, mechs, essentially, you know, uh, heroic tribal man versus the robots. This is the age-old tale. But the core combat, it's, it's really solid. It, it evolves, and I liked what you did. You've got dodging and you've got combos, different attacks, hold that button attacks. Uh, as for the woman at the end, I don't know whether she's going to be... a uh, a bit of a gimmick. I know that Ninja Theory like their strong female protagonists, but uh, it, it's I like it. You, you get the video at the end as well, which shows you the the coming soon Saturday morning trailer reel. And I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna use the word solid. It's the kind of game that gets seven out of ten. And you're right, it, it does look absolutely incredible. The um, sense of scale, especially when because you start off in this very claustrophobic uh, slave ship. And then suddenly you find yourself outside uh, and you can see all of uh, New York in the distance, kind of misted in the haze going by. And then this is one, it took my breath away, this one bit, the plane you want goes by and you just see the flame of the Statue of Liberty. And you think, oh my God, did, did I just see that? And it wasn't overdone. It was a bit like, um, do you remember? The bit, seen- the bit I liked the most was where you just climb up and then the bottom of the wing hits the building and it was just like... The- Seconds. Unbelievable, yeah. yeah. Again, so orchestrated. Yeah, and it, that's sorry. The you said that word. the slave ship was a little claustrophobic. Are there slave ships that aren't? <laughs> that seems like it might be a. 
I went on the slave ship, Duke, and the room. Oh, and the view. <laughs> oh, the buffet was magnificent. I cannot wait to oh, go. Eight I plotted. You've never travelled British Rail, obviously. But ah. I thought I thought Andy Serkis did an excellent job of the voice acting, funnily enough. And I didn't imagine Gollum when I was listening. See, I, I, all I heard was Andy Serkis trying to be American, but maybe I'm being a bit too prejudiced. He sounded okay. I think he's going to be all right. I mean, at least you know, at least we've got proper actors in here, you know. Oh no, no. I mean, you, you've got proper actors and mocap, and it's going to be a very professional game. And from what I've read, it, it's really doing something with narrative and story yeah, and yeah. plot. But I've heard that before. I mean, I'm I'm a big, big fan of Heavy Rain, much to Duke's disdain. But the claims of that game, it's, it's, yeah, you you push your buzzer, bellboy. All the sound clips won't make it any less true. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. I know. But um, I'm an American. Uh, what do you want? Uh, d- d- understanding of irony? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Keep dreaming. Yeah, I apologize for that. But yeah. uh, See, no, job done. You sidetracked me with your filthy buzzer. Ah, it worked. Yep, that's what he's there for. <laughs> the promise of acting and narrative. I mean, yeah, Heavy Rain promised the world. It was a bit of a Peter Molyneux. Oh, it's going to be great with a million trees and 15 characters. And uh, never quite delivers. But yeah, We even just... believed him at Eurogamer last year when he was telling all his stuff to us. You know, if I knew what I knew now, I would ask definitely different questions. <laughs> well, what he does, he's got this absolutely phenomenal system as our Peter. He's, yeah, this is going to be the best game ever. And every season's like, yeah, sorry about that. I got a bit carried away. <laughs> And he's gonna. I can. I can guarantee he's gonna do exactly the same kind of contrition once Fable Three comes out. Do you yeah. know what was interesting? Like Fable Two was chunnered on, and before Fable Three, oh yeah, Fable Two, worst game we ever made. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After we'd sold a million copies, and why don't you figure out. that out before the game comes out, dude, and then fix it? Yeah, they could do some focus testing, or you know. So yeah, operations. Enslaved, I don't think he's going to be this year's Batman Arkansas. Not yet, but we could be wrong, you know. But I think he's got potential, definitely potential from playing the demo. It, it looks solid. I'd definitely recommend anyone in Europe or the UK who isn't in America to go and, and download the demo and give it a whirl, because I was quite impressed. More impressed than I thought it was going to be. Hmm. So you never know. You never know. Anyway... Uh, we need to let you go, don't we, Nick? Because it's very late now and you're going to get in trouble. It is. I've got to go and skulk in some back alleys and it's, it's very yeah. late for me. For being late. So we will let you go. I will also say thank you ever so much for uh, coming on. Thanks, it's, it's been a strange pleasure and I'm sure you'll never have me back. <laughs> I'm sure I hear that we will. all the time. I'm sure we will. We'll, we'll get all the girls clamouring to have you back on with that sexy, sultry tone of yours. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. The, guy, the guy with the boring voice. Get him back. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it'll any shout outs before you go. Yeah, any quick shout outs? Uh, I, I, I like the no, absolutely none. If I had any <laughs> friends, I'd shout them out. I'd, I'd like to shout out my, my best friend, the beautiful Teapot Dormouse, only because she condescended me for playing tumble and kept saying, Ooh, Jenga, ooh, Jenga, and making horrible, immature noises. This is the girl who uses her PS3 as a DVD player. There you go. Well, at least she's got one. It's a bit Good like girl. my wife. Yeah. My wife uses it as a music player. <laughs> yeah, ooh, Vidzone. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> and chatting and, and PlayStation Home. She wanders <laughs> around in there endlessly for no apparent reason. She out the TQ cast people and the Gamer Corporation folks. They love home. There you go. There you go. Right, I will let you go. Thank you ever so much for coming Yay, up. Nick. And thank you for the movie review. And all the it's articles been... for the site and all that good stuff you're doing. It's It's always a pleasure. No money changes hands, I have to say. No. Well, we, if what we the had... hell? Who have I been sending those checks to? Yeah, if we had some... We Starving can. children. I've got to go, yeah. Duke. Sorry, I, I've got to go. Uh, oh, ah, you thief. Okay. 
Aaron, right. I'm going to I'm going to cut you off right now. Bye. Bye. See you later. Bye. There you go. He's gone. Gone's gone. Oh, thank God for that. Oh, I, know. I can relax. Like, oh, what an idiot. I can take <laughs> these pants off. God, <laughs> you know, I said I said his voice was sexy. I, I did mean boring, but I didn't want to say that. So. <laughs> Let's talk about Mafia Two again. Yeah, Mafia Two. <laughs> Yeah, that game. Yeah, spend another hour on that. Okay, we are running late because of move and stuff, so it is time to do the indie pick for this week. And is when it we Mafia come back, indie pick it's not Mafia. No, that's not on the indie game. Okay. And when we come back, though, we've got a little topic we're going to talk Mafia about, too. a bit of news, and then we've got a load of emails for the end of the show. A lot of emails. Sound really down about that. I know. I know. I'm going to read these thank emails. You. People right, writing into the show, minute. telling us how much we're awesome. Jeez. Just a minute. Just a minute. And we've got loads of emails. I can't That's wait. Better. Yeah! Woo! Loads of emails! Go. Right. Let's do the indie pick. Mafia 2. Stand by for action. Oh, I'm sorry. Wrong clip. Here we go. Here's the review. Review. Hey, it's Michael Quigley, also known as Quanrian on Xbox Live. And this week I'm going to be looking at an unusual platformer called Applejack and a multiplayer Worms slash Lero takeoff called Snailian Invasion. Uh, the first thing I'm going to be looking at is a game about abusing pandas by throwing washing machines at them called Applejack. It's a cool little platformer. I, I gotta admit, I took a while to to check this out and I think I checked it out a little bit and then I was like eh another platformer but it actually has quite a bit of charm and it reminds me of how insane the British are because he's an anthropomorphic apple and he's killing pandas and when pandas die just like in real life they explode into a mess of coins so uh, very realistic gameplay here and of course I, I'd like to stress that killing pandas is bad and you shouldn't throw washing machines at them other than that, all humor aside, this is actually a, a, a quite good game. It's very polished. It's not quite as precise as, let's say, a Mario title. It's a teeny bit floaty as far as the jumping goes. But everything works really well. There's a lot going on in this game. There's wall jumping. There's actually a throwing mechanic where you can aim and ricochet off walls. And it's definitely a mixture of a puzzle platformer mixed in with just a standard platformer with all this coin collection because you're actually getting points. So there's this big motivation to get all these points. And you can't always get all these coins. So there's going to be a differentiation between one person's game and another depending on how crafty they are and perhaps how lucky they are because the coins just sort of grow, you know, just kind of roll out how they do. And uh, overall, this is extremely polished platformer with the same kind of charm that you would get from a, a like a Johnny Platforms Biscuit Romp. It's got that same appeal to it where the uh, the character itself is actually very interesting and the storyline is bizarre. You're not saving a princess, you're actually saving your dog. And it, it's just very funny. And the next thing I'm going to be looking at is Stalian Invasion. Anybody who's played Worms or the PC real-time counterpart, Lero, will immediately be familiar with the gameplay in this. And it's, obviously, it's real-time, like Lero, not so much like Worms. Um, but it's got a lot of that same charm to it, 
as Worms, but not quite as much. It doesn't have the uh, audio, which goes a long way in helping Worms. And obviously, Worms had some interesting weapons in it, and this one has interesting weapons in it. But it does borrow a lot from what I would say games like Modern Warfare 2 and Battlefield Bad Company 2 have established with these class systems. And as you're leveling up in these games, in this game, you're actually getting new classes unlocked. And what this does is it gives you a different weapon loadout, and it also obviously unlocks that weapon, so now you've got a new weapon that you didn't have before. There's, I think, 48 weapons, and there's 17 classes to unlock, and the weapons are divided into all these different types of categories like heat, or ballistic, or nuclear, or even experimental, and they're all so bizarre. I... I can't express how much it's fun to just unlock these weapons, just see what the next weapon's gonna be like. You know, one of them could be like you're chucking a bomb that's literally like a little mini nuke. Another one could be this little plasma ball that goes through solid objects and then explodes. And they've all got their own little perks and stuff. And on top of that, and I don't recall this being a feature in Worms or Lero, uh, you are a snail, so you've got a shell, so you can press the B button and defend yourself with your little shield and you'll take less damage. And of course, there's the ninja ropes and jetpacks from either Lero or Worms, take your pick. And it's fun ninja roping all over the place. You can even ninja rope other players, enemies, pretty much anything, and just swing all over the place. And they're, they go really, really far. So it's a fun little game. It's, it's obviously, it's, it's quite, it's a bit more expensive than Applejack. I can't express how polished this game is. There is some palette problems where I had difficulty seeing markers compared to what colors were in the background. The colors are a bit too much garish and not high contrast enough in certain levels. But overall, it's an extremely polished title. And if you're really looking for a cheap online game to play with people, um, if you can get your buddies to buy this, you will have fun with this. Now, the downside to that is there is no private mode that I could see. You do have to make sure that all your buddies get into your game right away and you're kind of booting people that aren't your friends. So that's kind of a shame. And there is no fighting against the snails as bots, which I kind of found was a bit of a miss as well. But there's just so much here. It's hard to complain about a title that has $3 and has put so much care and, and love into the into the creation of this title and done a title that a lot of people won't know from the PC, Lero, just very, very well. So there you go. So there you go. Two games. So Applejack, uh, which is 80 points, and Snailian Invasion, which is 240. So that's a 240-point game. So, Chinny, uh, what do you think? Uh, Applejack. I thought it was funny, you know. I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was funny, and you know, it made me laugh. But uh, uh, yeah, I thought it was fun, but nothing. To, I didn't buy it or anything. I just, just kind of thought it was a bit of fun. Nothing that last too long. And um, uh, what was the snail game called? Snailian Invasion. Yeah, I, I wasn't a fan. I wasn't a fan because I thought I'd like because you know I like worms and stuff, but just wasn't a fan of it. Didn't didn't feel like it, nothing about it. I just thought it was weak. Week. Yeah, yeah, I sort of have to agree. What do you What do you think, Duke? Strangely enough, that's almost exactly how I feel. Uh, it's uh, you know the the Applejack game. Actually, I really liked it. I actually bought it because I thought that was a well done game. Oh, you did I don't buy think, it. Yeah, I did buy it. I don't think I'm gonna 
play it a lot, but I really wanted to reward them for making a good game. And it had cute charm, and it was wacky and silly. And it wasn't very clear at first what you're supposed to do. Because uh-huh. at first, you know, a platformer, you think, okay, I'm going to get to the end of this level or something. Yeah. But the level broad. ends yeah. when you kill all of the monsters on it. So once you th- there's always an even number of washing machines and or pandas because you're throwing one at the other. So once you throw all of them at each other, then the level's over. Uh, and there's some cool stuff because you like drop down to the bottom of the level and you drop in through the top. That's interesting. Um, yeah, and I, you know it's cute and it's it's kind of funny. Like you know it, it, he starts out. What is it? I got to go get my dog. Yeah, he's lost his dog. Mountain. Yeah, and then it says end of story. So That's like it. That end of plot, right? And it was you know I thought it was pretty funny. So yeah, you know good job on that. Nice little game, <laughs> worth eighty points definitely. Um, and the other one, eh, it. Uh, first of all, I don't understand. You can shoot and you can dig, and I have no idea what the digging does. I played it for like ten minutes, and I still don't know what that digging motion is all about. No, can and, you, and you can use the bungee rope. Right, I used that a little bit, which was, was like an of... elastic band, though. You see, in worms, you yeah. control the length. On this, it was just. It's always about worms. Yeah, but you know, if you make it's a kind of Spider-Man like. Yeah, yeah, it is. You've got to, you, you know, you could get some momentum going, but it was really hard to control. I didn't find it that intuitive at all. No. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that game wasn't really all that great. I thought yeah. I didn't bother. I mean, the it. other the other thing Kwamin just mentioned on it, just to just to warm people uh, on the on online portion, because it has got Xbox Live Online. If people, if there's two people on the same uh, console, he said for some reason he's no idea why. But say the ping's like 100, it'll suddenly go to 200 when there's two people on the same console weird. playing in it. So he said he, you get some major lag and stuff. So, so if you're playing, he said, make sure you know it's just one person on each console and not sort of people doubling up. Cause it well, don't worry. There's going to be zero people playing it on my console. Yeah, no, I sort of agree. Um, but yeah, Apple Jacks, I bought as well. I bought that straight. Yeah. Uh, so I was the only one who didn't buy it. Yeah, yeah loser. Like it. And, and to be busy honest, playing Mafia too. I've played it a lot. I'm Mafia too. Yeah, <laughs> I've played Applejack a lot. I'm up to oh. level one eight um, on it, so I've played a lot of levels. And I've got to say, it gets so ridiculous as you get further into it. Yeah, because I, I didn't find it that. Dif- I, I didn't find it that difficult. Oh, it, you get to a point where, and it's, it does a really clever thing where it'll give you a checkpoint. To do a section, so the sort of as the levels get bigger, they get split up into different sections, and each section has its own little puzzles to do. But yeah. on one of the sections, you have to do it all in a certain way, and if you get it wrong, you literally have to kill yourself and start again because you cannot complete the level. You've got to do it in the way it's got to be done. Yeah, and I quite like that because it makes you learn. And you think, oh God, I know how to do it. That's what I've got to do. But the checkpoints are there, so there's no big loss, you know, by not doing it right the first time. Mm. Um, and then I've just got to a level now, and it's it's crazy. You're floating on bubbles, and there's gazillions of bubbles, all different colours that you've got to get rid of before they hit you, and it's just completely mental, and I haven't done it yet. I've tried it about seven or eight times and still not quite got through that level. So, mm. yeah, it, it's good. I really like it. I love the music, and it's very chilled and laid back, and, yeah, I really like that. Uh, Snailing Invasion, I would agree with both of you. I'm not really sure about that game at all. Didn't really find it. It could be quite. It could be a bit of fun with two people, but I'm not convinced. I have to say, not convinced at all. No, yeah, me neither. Yeah, but Applejack, great. Right, okay. Uh, time to move on. 
he says. Uh, and Quamrian, bless him, he has given us a bit of a topic to talk about this week. Oh, uh, Mafia Two. So Mafia Two, right? Ollie thought that's not a topic. No, that... it's it's not oh. Mafia Two. <laughs> it isn't Mafia Two. Uh, but basically, what we what he was chatting to me about, and he said, you know, something we should discuss on the show. So I thought, well, we will, okay. you know, because it seemed like quite a good idea. Was sort of how games teach you to play them, and I, I don't necessarily mean teach you as in press X to jump, you mean or like press tutorials, H jump, or a tutorial, but more how a game shows you how to play it without doing it more subtly, you know, sort of more subtle ways. I mean, a good example is Limbo which doesn't really have any on-screen instructions at all, but yeah. you still learn how to play that game. Yeah, but you, know? you, you learn how to play it through experience like of other games, surely, right? Like, if you've played, you know, any other platformer in the world, you have the basic fundamentals of, mm. fundamentals of, of how this game works. You go from left to right. In the other cultures and stuff, would that work? Because you don't, you know, in English, you, you read it from left to right. Maybe it's like a subconscious yeah. decision to go... In Israel, then Limbo works from right to left. Or in China, it would go from top to Up down. Up down, baby. So, it's like Kid yeah, Icarus. There, there is, there is um, an achievement for going the wrong way in Limbo, I guess. Mm -hmm. But... Uh, it, I, I just think that you only know so much about them because uh, it's platformers are so integrated with with gaming now that like they, you, 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 I could give that to to little Jimmy and he's played you know N plus and Mario and stuff and he instantly knows what to do with it. Um, yeah. I wouldn't give it to him because it might give him nightmares. But <laughs> here, um, defeat the big spider and don't get eaten by the bear traps. There are subtle things that I think Limbo does that. Maybe we also pick up subconsciously through just just like just just looking at it, but we don't realize. Well, that's what subconscious means. I'll just carry on, right? So he <laughs> uh, he he reaches for stuff. The little boy reaches for things that he can grab. When he goes near him, he reaches for it, and I think that kind of like desire to like ah, like you know, he must be able to interact with that because he never tells you that you can push things. Um, so I just think that like, that slow things like that maybe. That would work to to help people that don't understand, like you know, the, the, it's its own language, I guess. You know? Yeah, it's like sort of like reinforcement. I mean, one of the interesting bits for me is when he tricks you into doing the wrong thing. Uh, for instance, yeah. there's a part in the game where there's sort of like pneumatic presses that come down yeah. from the ceiling, yeah. and you jump in the middle of the first one and it misses you or it stops it or whatever. It doesn't come down. Basically. It doesn't come down. But when you jump in the middle on the second one, it comes down it does, on yeah. you. So it almost tricks you into sort of doing the wrong thing. Cause it's There's like, also like, like traps yeah. that you can't see, and then you walk across, and like a trap will swing down and eat you. And, and then, it's yeah, you learn through death. Don't you? You know. um, so it does do that. I mean, what do you what do you think, Duke? I mean, what do you think of the good games that do this? Well, you know, I mean, I'm one-track record pony type person, so I always think of Ico. Um because in, in that similar type of way, you know, there are certain conventions that we're used to, but then, you know, the best games take it to the next level, but they walk you to the edge, and then they say, look at all these other possibilities. And I think that, you know, Portal's another good example there. You know, like, they sort of took you step by step, but then it's also, you know, they're teaching you about momentum, and they're teaching you about the way physics works, to be quite honest, and, 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 and you're learning it in a very intuitive way. You know, teachers get sick of hearing this old saying about, tell me I forget, show me I remember, involve me, I understand. 
And I think that's true about a lot of video games. And there's this guy named Paul, I think his name is Paul G, uh, who wrote a book about like what video games can teach us and, and how teachers can learn from video games about helping students and helping young people, especially through the effective use of repetition. Because I think most good games do use repetition to help teach people about stuff and taking us through the steps of variations on a theme and not immediately going from one skill right to another skill, but rather building on the skill that came before it. And you just put a little bit more on the plate, a little bit more on the plate, and that's how you can get person to a very advanced skill set. I mean, what's interesting with Ico, I mean, was that, is it, is it all in Japanese, I assume, the sort of talk? Well, that's the, other, yeah, that's the other thing that's very interesting about Ico, and I would argue Myst does a good job with this too, although there are the little books you've got to read in the library. You know, I think a lot of great games, and I think Portal is a good example of this too, you know, the, 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 the more you depend on language, I think, in some ways, the less universal it becomes. And if anybody read the book Understanding Comics by Scott McCloud, there's a really interesting section about this because, you know, icons and images, and I have to wonder if maybe there's not some – subliminal connection or maybe even intentional connection with the word ICO, I-C-O, and, you know, the concept of iconography because they're, you know, the two characters, the two main characters, the little boy and the girl that he's dragging around, they do not speak the same language. So he's like, are you okay? And he's speaking in Japanese and she speaks this other language, which I have no idea what it is. I think it may have just made it up. And so they can't communicate with words, so they have to communicate in other ways. And they do. There are other ways of communicating, obviously. Um, and it's a very interesting exploration of all of that stuff in the way that the game mechanic works. And it's a thing that goes beyond just, you know, talking or the standard ways that we communicate with each other. And I think the games, you know, that in some ways it's a metaphor for games themselves because the best games do communicate on that deeper level and they bring us to a different kind of understanding. But it's funny how you talk about, like, there's other ways to represent language and depending on language. Uh, the Will Wright, the creator of Maxis, who who created like Sim City, when he was talking yeah. about making the Sims, you know, like people right, right, because like, they don't talk actual. They, they talk in Simlish, <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, and all that jazz. Um, sure. He, you know, people ask him like, why don't they talk English? And he says, well, that's not what the game's about. You know, the game, yeah. the game isn't about like having conversations. You know, like the, the game is about like life. You know, it's about like earning your way and. And seeing what you can do in a in a short space with with you know like it, it, trapping people like, in a swimming pool with no yeah, exit, like, yeah, no, no ladder. But it's 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 like what 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 would happen if you could see life in a man, manageable form? I mean, we all yeah. see life, but it happens so slowly to right, us right. that it's hard to kind of comprehend. But if we see it in this very small package, you know, how, what does it mean then? You know, like all of Will Wright's games seem like an experiment. Um, oh sure, you know, like, you're 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 literally watching a petri dish, you know. Yeah, like, like you know, like spore, like spore is one of these. It's mm-hmm. an experiment. It's like it's it's an evolution, you know, uh, of of a of a creature, but it's also an evolution of a game, and it's also different games. And it, it's just yeah. interesting how he, he he mentioned that, like you know, language is such a barrier for so many games that he took it away, stripped it away completely. Yeah. Um, but I don't think Paul is a good example because. Part of the charming portal, though, though the, what you do in the game is fun. You know, making portals and shooting, jumping around is fun, and I'm sure people can understand that. Anyone who lives on Earth and understands basic physics, that thing goes I think, goes I think the, the, the test will be, if you turned off the sound, would you still be able to play the game? I, I think you could with portal, but, like, you, you would take the, the charm away of portal. You know what I mean? You was, it would be just as freaky to find the, the behind-the-scenes 
the cake is a lie scrolled on the wall as it is with sound, but you wouldn't get GLaDOS. And I think a lot of people, when they think of Portal, is that connection they have with GLaDOS, they, that, that, that love-hate relationship they have with their friend and enemy at the same time. Yeah. And I think that's so oh. much about Portal. I think it would be possible to do something similar without, I mean, without having actual words, but I think you're right. It wouldn't have nearly as much charm. You wouldn't have nearly the same connection, but I think it could be interesting to have, you know, like buzzers and sirens or like, you know, a flame suddenly appears over here to show that she's angry or something. I don't know. Because, I mean, in a way like that, you know, when you think about like aliens, you know, Ripley and the aliens are communicating in some ways, right? And there is some, you know, when she meets up with the queen, like, she does have a moment with her, you know, and it's like, get your hands off her, you slimy bitch, or whatever it is, but... Yeah. Um, yeah. You see, I've, I think, for me, one of the interesting, and it's, it's sort of more of a series of games than anything, is the Lego games, which, yeah, I think, you know, there is no language at all in those games, and I think you, I you understand that. absolutely what they're trying to convey, yeah. you know, yeah. emotion. But that's dependent on having watched the movies, isn't it? To a certain extent, yeah. I mean, knowing the stories makes a big difference. You, know, you yeah. can like, understand what's going but on. But you can still get the basic idea. Yeah, it's true. You know, and and it is that sort of... the no- And the noises, even though they're not words, yeah. they, they really convey exactly what, what, you, what they need to do. And I think sort of that. And the other one that sort of springs to mind for me, you know, although it wasn't the best game in the world, was Mirror's Edge, um, which obviously did with all the red areas you knew were areas yeah. that you could interact right, with. Right. Yeah. And that's, I think, one of the the biggest challenges, too, is that, okay, the person making the game has a certain understanding of the types of icons and symbols that mean certain things. And the best games, like Limbo, the thing where he reaches out a little bit, the the hope is, and I think it, 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 it works, that the player will immediately understand what that means when he does that. And in Mirror's Edge, right, when you have the, and they go through explaining it in the demo, I think, or the tutorial, whatever it is. Yeah, but 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 in some games, you know, the 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 person, the designers have in mind. Okay, it's going to be clear that this is what this person needs to do, or or you know, this person, you know, th- this thing. And I think you know, and I know I'm probably alone in thinking this, but for me, it felt like Braid fell down with this because, you know, for instance, when 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 a when a wall will not rewind, you know, when you hit rewind in the game, there's a, there are some walls that will not move backwards. Well. They show that with this very faint green sparkling, and I did not see that at first. It took me going to a walkthrough to ha- to understand that that's what that was. Now that's an example, I think, of where the developer thinks that okay, this is clear, or at least people will eventually realize that. But for a player like me, that became a major frustration because I just did not receive that message in that way. And that's the risk I think game designers take when they do something like that, is if the player does not receive the message for whatever reason, and maybe I was just being dense, I wasn't paying close enough attention or something, that's possible. But if that happens, it all falls apart. Yeah, I mean, more recently, interestingly enough, I've been, I downloaded Monkey Island 2 on the 360 and never really got around to playing it, but it, it became 59p on the, uh, on the iPhone uh, iPod. You're just an iPhone fanboy. Yeah, on, the, on the iPhone store. So I thought, oh, 59p, God, it's less than a pound. I'll just buy it. But when I played that game the first time, there was nothing. It didn't tell it, apart from telling you how to interact with objects, that is all you got to know. Yeah. You know, you didn't get to know anything else. Now, if you if you if I tap with two fingers on the screen, it'll light up any object that you can interact with in that screen that you're in. 
if if you get stuck, you shake it and it'll give you a hint. I have to think that that may be partially because of the massive increase in the number of games available. When those games first came out, and you can look at um, King's Quest and there was Police Quest. You know, Sierra did a lot of these games that were, you know, LucasArts did Monkey Island and Loom. And then Sierra did a whole bunch of things like that. Leisure Suit Larry as well. You know, we didn't have... 500 games in a year coming out to distract us and try to vie for our attention. So these games, I think, had a big monopoly, which meant we were much more willing to sit and click on every single thing on the screen or try every combination of talk to her, you know, ask her this, tell her that in order to get the desired result. Whereas now we're like, if I can't figure it out in 30 seconds, I'm likely to just move on to the next thing. You see, but Mist, I, I think, is probably the most extreme version of that because Mist tells you absolutely nothing. It really does. That's true. But and it is the thing, like somehow Mist gave me just enough to to keep going with it and to just find that next thing in the library. I'm looking through these books. Okay, they're all burnt. What's the point? And then just try one more book. Wait, I can read pages in this book. Okay, I'll try other books. And you end up having to go through every book, and you can find some stuff in some books, and you get a little hint there. And you draw and still th- down on the Exactly. There's page. three numbers, 673. <laughs> like, what is that? 673. It must be important. I'll write it down and come back. And Decay does the same thing. I, I was just about to say Decay did that, brilliantly. That do it so well because it's about that tantalizing, just sort of leaving a little thing here and there. And again, it's about sending the message and hoping that the message comes through in some form. Um, but but it but it's not and and it, you know I think if somebody were impatient and they were playing Myth they would probably give up pretty easily because it doesn't it does require some patience and some persistence. Yeah, I mean we missed the only time and I didn't use a walkthrough at all apart from one point in the game where you're in that stupid maze in like a yeah everybody a had. I mean, and, I ended up bumbling my way through it just with yeah, luck. Yeah, by, it's really got to be by luck because there is no rhyme or reason to yeah, any of it. Yeah. And there's and no hints as to where you have to go or it's anything. Just, no. You know, but that was the only time I actually had to look yeah. at the walkthrough for Mist. Apart from yeah. that, I more or less figured everything out on my own, which was cool because it gave you those moments of like, wow, I've just worked that out myself. Right. And that's, I think, the other thing is that when, when a game does it right, and we could talk about Portal, we could talk about um, you know, any number of these games – they that moment of euphoria when you get it is based on not only you figuring out how to do the thing you have to do, but also what you have to do and feeling like you have some kind of connection with the person who made the puzzle in a way that is deeper than just, okay, I did what you told me to do and now here I am, which I think is an interesting extra layer. Yeah, and I think I think the best way that it's done is is in stuff like Portal and uh, Limbo and those are, where it's done in a way that's almost not noticeable. Yeah. It's sort of it's sort of giving you hints and symbols and stuff on the screen to indicate what you've got to do, but you don't really you know it's more on a subconscious level. Yeah, what exactly. Else? And and like Limbo, sorry, Chinny, I know you haven't had a chance yeah. to speak yet. Okay. But hang on, uh, you know with yeah, Limbo but, that one I, the, there's I, that thing. Shut up. There's uh, that thing, that spider, you know, and spoilers, I'm sorry, this is one of the first puzzles. I couldn't tell that the bear trap was shaking up in the tree when he stepped on things. And I got really frustrated. I'm like, I see the bear trap. I can't reach up to get it. What am I supposed to do? And I got killed a whole lot trying to figure that out. But but th- again, that was one of those things where I wasn't getting the message that that bear trap will eventually fall. And I had to just 
keep trying at it. And eventually I did get the message and how to, how to do it in a subtle way, but not too subtle so that people get too frustrated is a really tricky thing. Yeah. The way I yeah, think about it was like, I heard it land. That's how I, oh really? Okay. Yeah. I heard it. I like, I, it nice. went to me and I'm dodged it a couple of times and then I heard something clunk. Uh, well, there you go. Something happened. Uh, yeah. I want to talk about Alan Wake a little bit. Yep. Um, because what Alan Wake does so brilliantly is teach you how to play the game with the, like the kind of whole the, the the message really is the the, the story. Um, uh, Alan Wake does a brilliant thing of making the whole story about light and fear, like you know this fear of darkness and this fear of what's real and what's not, and light providing um, the answers. You know, like light being the answer, light being nice and warm and 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 it heals you and uh it also kills the bad guys right and th- there's just lots of very clever things that alan alan white does to 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 hint that light is whatever that your problem is light will will help you and there's also like very subtle on screen like in the game see what uh, i like i mean interestingly every place you have to go to has got light on it, hasn't it? You know, it's either a lit yeah. up gas station or a lit up yeah. lighthouse or whatever it may be. Yeah, and it's it, it's it's quite a you it's it's quite a unique feeling when you when you're in the dark for so long and you see your light, right? And it's so you, you feel very lifted at that moment. You think, oh, thank God, you know, like there's a light there, and, you, and that's like, tapping into a kind of yeah, that's tapping into a kind of primordial thing. You know, I mean, we have that as humans. Like when we see a light in the darkness, yeah. we're like drawn to it. Like yes. yeah, it's it's it, it is like a moth to the flame. And there's there's this this other thing that Alan Wake does, which which is uh, I think is brilliant, and I didn't notice it. You you reminded me of it, Duke, when you was talking about that you know that green thing, and you you, you didn't notice it, and it was a yeah. message. But it, what it is is you, you shine. To, to kill an enemy, you have to you have to rid their darkness. So you have to shine a light on them to rid their darkness, and then when that darkness is cleared, you can shoot them, and then they, then they can die. Um, but what happens is this like very like this circle of lens flare appears on them, uh, and then the, the the longer you shine the light, the, this lens flare shrinks, and that lens flare is like a symbol of like how much light they how much darkness they have on them. Alright, so you, you you shine it, and this lens flare, this little ring, by them will just slowly go down until it goes away, and then then you can know you can you can shoot them. You know, very clever uh, little integrated things like that. And I just think Alan White is a brilliant way. Like he, he teaches you just just throughout the game, he, like everything the, the the tutorial teaches you is also integrated with the story. Everything has meaning, even like. The crates that people that, that that someone has dropped has meaning. Like someone's dropped that for a reason, mm-hmm. uh, which you find out. And they, you know, it's just it's so well put together. I think uh, you know a, a lot of those hints. I think the problem with it is people put so much time and effort and thought into these things, but they don't get picked up on enough. You know, people just kind of take them for granted. Um, yeah. Which you see, sad. to a certain extent, I think if you know we're talking about sort of games, you know, that do that sort of stuff. I think we've got to mentioned Half-Life 2 a little bit. Um, because, again, I think the puzzle elements of that game, it does... For instance, you know, and I know it's probably a bit more blatant, but but when you first get the grav gun and you go into Raven's home and the circular saw blade stuck in the side of the shed and you're like, huh, I know what I've got to do with those. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And it's... A lot of the source engine, a lot of Half-Life was, was, was showing off that they had a very cool physics engine. 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they, early on in Half-Life, they, sh- they give you puzzles that are to do with physics, you know? Put lots of weight on one side of this board, and then you stand on the other, and the weight will hold it up, and you can go up. You know, and that, they was kind of showing off their engine as well as, you know, making it making it like a, a teaching thing. It was teaching you what the engine could do as well as, you know, like a puzzle, I think, which is quite clever. Yeah, mm. I, think, I think Half-Life 2 did it, did it particularly well. And again, you know, that game, you know, because he doesn't speak, most of the time you're not speaking to anyone, are you? You know, and you... Everybody speaks to you. Yeah, everyone speaks to you, but you, know, you never talk back. He's yeah. completely... Stupid. Yeah, totally mute. Uh, yeah. But I think, again, you would understand the game. Even if you had it in a foreign language, you would understand what was happening. And Yeah. Know, I were trying to... Uh, it's funny, like, my, mom's, my mom's deaf, right? So uh, when, when, she, when she watches, like, a film and stuff, she can't watch, like, a wordy film. Or, you know, she has to watch an action-packed film. And, it's, and, and sometimes, like, I, you know... When when I was little, a lot I used to watch films with my mom and and just just not put the sound up because I couldn't be bothered. I was lazy, All right? And it, it's surprising how much you can get by without 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 the sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can just kind of watch a movie and just kind of grasp what's going on. Um, and I think what Stu that goes along with what you're saying. You know, you don't have to listen to all the dialogue. I mean, how many of us remember what you know Alex says in those rooms to you? You know, when you're Gordon Freeman. You know, how much of it can we recite now? None of it really. Um, you know, well, so it much... seems to be about just moving you along and what you yeah, have to it's do. Like, we need. You've come to point B. Now we have to go to C. You know, like well yeah. done. That's the whole, <laughs> so. So a lot of it is redundant. You know what I mean? Like, do we? We need to think of. I think game developers need to think about like how much time they they when they tell when they tell a player to stop, literally stop, yeah. and stop shooting and stuff. What are they doing when they tell you to stop? Are they teaching you yeah. anything, or are they just talking bollocks? You know. Right. Uh, and I think a lot of times they're 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 they have an inflated sense of their own mission, and it's like, well, this is the way it's done. You know, you do a cutscene now, and you know, I, I mentioned earlier that it's about taking away control and giving it back, and I think the two are very interrelated, and that it's very dangerous to do to go overboard with it. You know, and I think, you know, I, for instance, I'm close to giving up on Lost Odyssey because it's like an hour between save points, not even checkpoints, save points. And it's ridiculous. I'm not going to be bothered to watch. You know, again, if we want to watch a movie, we'll watch a movie. And yep. uh, yeah, I think I think what developers need to do now is move away from some of the handholding. That's not handholding so much as when I say that. I think what I mean is they've got to stop trying to spell everything out for us. They yeah. need to be more subtle. I think. Yeah. You know, but there's also a danger in dialogue. kicking that too far too, because yeah. if a game, you know, like there's some games, you know, uh, uh, Far Cry Two, you know, Tom, my buddy Tom Bissell and I were talking about this, and you know, there are some parts of that game where you have absolutely no idea what's going on, and there are other games I'm sure you all have played that have the same problem, and it's yeah. because they're trying to be subtle, they're trying to be like, well, this is you're in it, you know, and like that you just got to keep track of who these people are, and it's very hard to do sometimes, so yeah. it can be dangerous to be too subtle. Because then there's a chance the person's not even paying attention to the story anymore, and they're just sort of letting all these names go by them, and they're not connecting to any individuals. Yeah, mm. no, I, I think I agree with you. I think they've got to try and be a little bit more subtle, you know, and stop ramming everything down our throats, you know, as sort of too much dialogue and, you know, not enough sort of sort of atmosphere and character. Oh, another thing I think, they, they can play good music like this. See? And then whatever whatever they're trying to teach me, I'll pay attention. 
I mean? Yeah, there you well, go. <laughs> pay, pay attention, Mike. <laughs> Brilliant. So uh, what you're saying is I should play that in class and everybody will be riveted to what I'm yeah, saying. Definitely. Yeah. A gerund is a verb form ending. By, by the way, that's in Mafia 2. Mafia 2 is a game that I like. Yeah. You see, uh, what's interesting, I, you see, I think Silent Hill Shattered Memories does it quite well because you hear sometimes what he's thinking as opposed to him same. interacting with people, yeah. Yeah, uh, Batman yeah. does that as well. Like, yeah, you I, I, I mentioned that on the RC's connection. Like, they, I, I think it's, I think, no joke, no. Matthew 2 does it a little tiny bit as well. A tiny bit. Uh, um, you know, someone thinking instead of talking, it just makes so much more sense. And it's just, it, it stops the, the game from looking stupid. You know, you wouldn't, you know, I mean, you do get movies where people talk to themselves and, and they are ridiculous. You know, like, like, like I, I wonder if, uh, if I should go out now. Like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't do that, really, you know. And just to think, just the fact that they they, they said, well, Batman should think this, you know, or Vito yeah. Colletto should just should think this instead of say it because it, it's absolutely stupid and ludicrous that he would talk yeah. uh, to himself. And how to represent thought is a little tricky in games. A lot of times, it's been the cute little bubble clouds above their heads, but now we reached a point where they can yeah. do it more subtly. Oh, if he's, and if they he's not moving his lips, then he's probably yeah, thinking, exactly. well done. Uh, I do and they put a bit of an echo on it. <laughs> another theory, <laughs> yeah. Another theory is, you know, like the first-person shooters, where they don't give the characters a voice. Like what, what annoys me about like muted characters is, is that it's just stupid, right? I, I just think it's it, it's just dumb, and we need to, to kind of move on. But it's you, uh, man. That's why you're the yeah, blah blah blah. But it's not, is it? It's Gordon, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's it's Soap McTavish or whatever. Um, so you know, Call of Duty, for example, right? The the, the in in Modern Warfare Two, you haven't played the single player, have you, Stu? Nope. Um, but the, your, your character doesn't talk. Like in every Call of Duty, he doesn't talk. But um, you do see a character that you played as in Call of Duty 4 called Soap, right? So you're seeing the character that you played as in 4 in Modern Warfare 2, and he now talks, he has a haircut, you know, he has muscles, great, good for him. And then, spoiler alert, you play as him for the last couple of missions, and then he doesn't talk again. Why? Yeah, it's really stupid. Going all over the place. You know, I just find it very weird why why these these things. I happen. think some developers might think that oh, if we, if the main character talks, a la Mass Effect or whatever, the we maybe we're getting pulled out of that character and we're yeah. suddenly seeing it from outside. But I don't think that's the case. I mean, if anything, I feel more connected to Shepard when I see her or him. Yeah, you know, doing something. Yeah. Even though it's when not, hum- I don't have control humanize, of it. Yeah, when it's hum- more humanized, when that person yeah, exactly. is doing stuff that you, you would do. Or and, and, yeah, right, exactly. And if somebody doesn't ever talk, that's not human. I mean, unless they're mute or they got their lips sewn together or something. Like, yeah. it's not usual for a person to not talk. And therefore, I think that does the exact opposite of what these well, developers... But it's only, it's only first-person shooters where that happens. Any uh, third-person game, they always talk. No, Dead Space, right. So, Dragon Age. Oh, yeah, de- yeah, but he's not... Well, he's not no, one really to talk to, has he, apart from his... Yeah, sure no, he does. Get off, you stupid alien! Yeah. No, talk people, talk to him. people talk to him they all do. the time. They do, you're right, they do. Dragon Age. And, and in Dead Space 2, he, do, he does have a voice now. He has a... He has a, he has oh, all okay. of a sudden... He just had something in his throat during all yeah, of Dead Space 1. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Uh, there's a monster behind you! Um, <laughs> but what I was going to say was, I mean, Duke Nukem... Talks right <laughs> all the time, all the Give time, and I think. But sometimes developers are worried that, like, if the main character you play is, is talking, that yeah. they won't realise who's talking. Right, right but right, right. it's not that hard to understand if you if you're familiar with his voice early on. 
it's not that difficult. You know what I mean? Like Duke Duke has a unique voice. I'll give him that. Especially if you're responding to someone who's talking to you. I mean, okay, yeah. If he's just going, I need to climb that wall. That's okay. That's dumb. But if somebody's asking him a question, you know, yeah. yeah how how many third person shooters do you, do you reload? And he goes, yeah. Or he shoots somebody in the head and he's like, take that. You know, I shot two Gears of War. They yeah. all do it, and they, I think first-person shooters. We've completely changed the subject now, but first-person shooters <laughs> need okay. to stop. Need to stop muting their characters because it's ridiculous. Yeah. Is, is there anyone there? Well, I'll just assume there is, and I'll tell you everything. <laughs> stop it. Stop doing yeah. that. So where were you before you came to this war zone? Oh yeah. I, yeah. Wait a minute. I heard about that. Like, yeah, that you, guy from that war. Imagine in real life, right? Don't want to talk about it, huh? I understand. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, what what happened? You're not talking. <laughs> Oh. Too terrible to talk about. Okay, brilliant. Hey, uh, I said, how was it? What are you stupid? You hate me? You got a problem? I'll kick your ass. I think I think what's also quite interesting is that, um, especially especially with first person shooters, if they do if the character does talk, it tends to be in the cutscenes, you yeah, know, yeah. Or, or sometimes with third person ones as well, you know, it tends to be in the cutscenes where they go, oh well, we'll we'll do this little scripted section here, and then they can say something, yeah. you know. But when when you're running around, you don't say nothing. <laughs> Bioshock did it as well, and I love Bioshock. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, like, you wouldn't be killing anything if you talked. And I think in Bioshock, in Bioshock Infinite, you do play more of a character. I think, uh, I'm not sure if he talks. But well, he's he got did. a history and everything. Yeah, a name and a history. And I was like, well, just give him a voice, for God's sake. Um, because it's it's stupid, you know. Like, if you was in the Bioshock... Stu, if you crash landed in the ocean and found Rapture, and you'd have questions for somebody who's talking to you <laughs> on the radio. You would just go, okay, okay. But so if we look know. at it from a design point of view, though, okay, so you have a shooter. Let's take Bioshock. How do you implement that if you do want to have the person talking? Because anytime a menu comes up, that's going to stop the flow of the movement, and you don't want that. But then I was thinking, okay, you could just have the three standard buttons, let's say A, X, and Y or something, those are always going to be dialogue options. So you'd want so it, so you wouldn't use... want it to be, you wouldn't want it to be scripted, you'd want it to be something you could control then. Right, where you would just be like, you know, X will always be, you know, like, Obviously. hostile, and A will always be friendly and trying to be polite, and Y will be, you know, sort of mysterious or something, and then you always have, but then the danger is, you just, you might have a person who's just hitting the X button over and over again, and just like, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Uh, I wasn't really, really talking about it, I was just talking about scripted like stuff you yeah. know like he reaches point b and he says this you know like if right, right, someone's right. talking to him over the intercom he just says yeah. what he has to say yeah, um sure. or she i'm not we're not sexist here at the veteran gamers uk yeah. but i i i just think it's about time like we grew up and just went let's give characters voices you know it, it's just it's a bit weird now you know when we're trying to criticize these games for story you know um, it's a bit weird that Gordon doesn't talk. You know, yeah. how do you defend it anymore? I don't think you can. And I, you know, Gabe Neal's a very clever guy. Um, which I, you know, to give Gordon a voice now would be weird because he's been silent all these times. You know, um, it's very strange. It's a very weird beast. I've said weird a lot, but I'm going to say keep saying weird. Actually, uh, I just think that we need to tackle it, and I, I think people st- need to stop. Stop it, developer. Stop it. Okay, I'm going to make a game that we've make- Stop it. Oi. No, no. Yeah, I, I still think you know, uh, you know, just coming full circle to what we started to talk about, <clears> where, <throat> yeah, where developers do need to find better ways to teach us how to play the game without just you know, because if you're going to get engrossed into a story or or something, you don't want to. Now you need to press X to interact with an object, or now you need to press B to interact. Do you know what I mean? And 
you know, press A to jump and trigger to shoot and press the left trigger to aim. And it's all that sort of stuff. And I think they need to start, if, if they're going to engross us in a story and in, in a sort of, uh, you, you know, you know, something like that, they've got to do it in a way that feels natural and normal and not uh, like a said, game. Uh, as you said, like. you know, like Mirror's Edge Troy and stuff like that. And, you know, that was... That was hit with some criticism. It was hit and miss, though, wasn't it? it? It succeeded on some levels, but failed on others. Yeah. As I, I, what I said about that game, it was, it was more frustrating than fun. Yeah. No, I would agree. But I think they've got to be, you know, they've got to be brave if we're going to have a, a really cool experience. You know, and we're getting there. You know, we're starting to see stuff like that. Yeah. But it's a said, slow I, I, I'm comparing game, stories in games to other mediums, which is a very advanced... You know, games have reached... A level that I think people thought they that they would never reach, you know, and did so in a very very short period of time. Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing is that TV, even TV and film, you know, they matured over decades, and games have have you know kind of hyper accelerated. They they've had growth hormones added and you know radiation put in, and they've sort of become mutants in a way, which which I think is very exciting. But it also means that things that usually do take a while. Yeah, haven't had a chance to really germinate and you know, brew. There's also the, the the tropes that games carry along with them. You know, like yeah. this this whole muted character thing. This whole you know tutorial interlaced with the the, the start of the game. These tropes they they the people haven't tried like new ways to 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 get rid of them. Um, sure. You know, that's why people still associate games with like shooting people in the face because mm-hmm. you know they they stick with that. They they know that people like shooting people in the face. So mm-hmm, we have yeah. to kind of rid those. Yeah, and by far, that's why I think Portal's the best game ever. Yeah, and try and find... I mean, it was interesting because obviously my article was a lot about that. You know, those sort of, you know, violence violence (laughs) in games. But, you know, what I was trying to say is that there's got to be better ways to tell us a story than just go, let's just shoot everything that we see around every single corner. You know, there's got to be other mechanics in the game apart from just the shooting stuff. I, I just sure. I just thought about it, right? It's never bothered me till I've just thought about it. But the the main character in Portal doesn't talk, which I, I guess he's got no one to talk to until the very end. But still, you know. But you see, in the second game, obviously we're going to get that interaction from Wheatley, aren't we? Yeah, and I you know, be bet the character won't talk again. No, but Wheatley will all the time. Yeah, but you would talk back to Wheatley if he was if that was you. Stuart, <laughs> true. True. Mm-hmm. But he is Stephen Merchant, and he's going to be funny. If he was Stephen Merchant, talk be too busy laughing. You wouldn't have to talk. Just tell me some more jokes. (laughs) Big goggle-eyed freak. Uh, So that's going to be funny. Um, Okay, so there you go. There you go. Moving on. That's middle part of the show, pretty much. (laughs) That is the whole pretty much middle part of the show. So no worries. We can, you know, we don't have to do news and stuff every week, do we? If you want news, turn into a show that does news. And now the news of the week. I mean, what kind of show would that be? Uh, You know, we don't. We we just do whatever we feel like every week. Um, So we have got some music. Okay. You know, and what I thought we'd do, I thought we'd have a little change. Uh I know, I know. Don't, you don't need to, you know. But it's about, when I think about it, I'm trying to think now, it's, it's just, I think it came out in October last year, this game. This game. And it's it's the end credit theme from Borderlands. All oh, right. And it was a great game last year, and I thought, wouldn't it be nice to sort of remind us of that great game that we all played last year? You know? Because I don't think we're going to get a Borderlands this year, or a game that's going to... Well, we get a new DLC. 
Yes, but we're not going to get a, a sort of game that we didn't see coming and really enjoyed, you know? I think most of the games that we're going to really enjoy are ones we we sort of know quite a bit about. I so I thought it would be I thought it would be nice to and it's called No Heaven. So there you go. There you go. What do you think? I really like that song. There you go, you see. It comes from a person named DJ Champion, sometimes calling herself just Champion. And uh, that's from her 2005 debut album, Chill 'em All. There you go. I think it's a great tune. 
Yeah, and I think it sums up Borderlands. It's you know completely fitting with the game. Yeah, definitely. It was also used in the end credits for Army of Two. Really? Yeah. Well, yep. we didn't like that much. Nope. God, better in Borderlands for sure. Still, the first one was better than the second one because the second one sucks balls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, now we have got some emails, but before we get on to those, there is a little bit of news I wanted to just uh, touch on. A tiny bit of news. Um, cool. Yes. It isn't actually that tiny. It's quite a big bit of news, but oh, doesn't really affect us much. Real time world, yeah. They they have shut down the service uh, last Thursday. Shut them down. Uh, the plug. Wow. I that's... guess they're not going to sell a million copies, huh? I guess they're not. That's uh, that's sad, isn't it? That's very sad news. It is. I Are mean, you this sarcastic? was. I mean... No. no, no, I think it is really sad. I think it is really sad. sad. It's super yeah. sad that they spent all that time trying to make five that game. years. Five years. And they would have been all right if they just made Crackdown Two. You know, like <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that, that Crackdown Two would have been a better game. But it would have been better than the Crackdown Two that we've got now, surely. But it's just, it's just sad. It, it's like I think, uh, I think where they went wrong was their purchase model. You know, like how they went about buying. Credits, like in-game credits. No, I mean time and stuff. I think that's a bit weird. I don't think PC games. It popular. wasn't. It wasn't that. I mean, but also what, the game was a bit dull. No, I mean, what's interesting? Um, one of the developers from Real Time Worlds literally wrote a three-part blog as as to where it all went wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a guy called Luke Halliwell, and. In his article, and he says, "Don't," he said, "Don't get me wrong. You know, he said, I realized the game had flaws and there were issues with the game, but he said the the game wasn't the issue. It was the all the politics that went on behind the scenes. So it's sort of, he said, we got given all this money, you know, because we suddenly had all this money to develop a game with, and they spent it on managers for managers who had meetings about meetings about meetings, and he said they they, they literally just lost focus on what they were supposed to be doing." You know, and that's he said that's where it all went wrong. And one one of the things, one of the most interesting things that he says is they had uh, QA, QA people who were meant to be going through the community forums, you know, the beta forums, oh. beta, beta, whatever, looking for all the glitches. You know, what people were putting down were the problems that they were having with the game, so they could fix those and make it better, a better experience. But because of all the interpolitics, they they were saying no, no, no. The QA need to be doing this, and it should be the community people who are doing that. And then nobody did it. I, I still think that like the the, the 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 business model they used were was so strange, and I don't think PC gamers adopted to it very well. I think it was. I think what we're trying. I think we're trying to say the same thing that they, yeah, they they, they made a lot of weird choices due to like you know obviously what you're saying. The the, the, the managers or managers like lost in translation times. Um, type of stuff, and uh, yeah, the, 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 a lot of weird decisions went along the way, and it's sad. It is truly, honestly sad that you know a developer, a British developer, has has gone under like that, and so soon as well. You know, like, it's just. Do you know? Do you know how much money they spent on developing that game over the five a years? Lot, a lot, a, a double digits a million. Money. About a hundred million dollars. Oh, hundred million. A hundred million. You know, and they said they had so much money. They just didn't know how to use it properly, and they got so big so quickly, but didn't have actually the game to back it up at the time, you know. And they sort of had all this money, but didn't really know what to do with it. 
It is. I mean, you should go and read it. It's really a, a very interesting article, you know, about about that. But uh, I mean, you know, going to the more gamer side of it. What about all the people who who did buy the game? Yeah, that's that would piss yep. me off. You know what I mean? Can't play it anymore. That's it. It's gone. Gone. And there was there's no single player. Is that right? It was all nope. just an online experience. That's it. Online MMO. Three months. Yeah, that's three months of game. You know, I mean, they're all coming, you know, demanding the money back and saying, you know, how do we get a refund? And the official line from the, you know, the receivers or whatever was, you'll have to speak to the retailers and go through the normal channels. So meaning you're not going to get your money back. Sorry. You know, that, that, I mean, that's awful, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, for instance, can you imagine you bought Modern Warfare 2? And then two months after you got it, they they went just pulled the plug on the. the I've only got half a prestige. What are you doing? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And it it is like that, isn't it? You know, it's like they've paid the money for that game, but they can't actually play it any other way. They can't play it at all. That's it. It's done. Now, there is potentially some light at the end of the tunnel. There is potentially because Epic uh-huh. apparently have shown interest in uh, buying the rights to the to the IP and whatever. So whether they'll open up the servers again or tweak it and, and start it up again, no one really knows. Well, but... That's what happened with um, Hellgate London. Remember that? That was an MMR. Yeah, that was another um, one, And it? it went under very quickly. Uh, I'm not sure why. I think it was just poor connection issues and stuff. Um, but yeah, some you know some other company, I think it was a German company or Switzerland, Swiss company or something, they, they, they just bought it and ran it. You know what I mean? They didn't, they didn't develop it. They just looked after it, I think. They just went, eh, well, we'll, we'll, we'll keep it ticking over. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he said what was interesting. He said they. He said another thing he said in his article is he just didn't ask the right questions because nobody knew how much. He said they would ask how how much did it cost to run the servers, and they would never get an answer. He said so we were asking the questions that we need to ask, but we never got any answers for it. I mean, it's not what's interesting. His article, even though he's sort of saying that it wasn't the game development that was the issue, it was sort of how it was managed. He he's not. He doesn't come across as being bitter. You know, it doesn't come across as sort of just having a pop because he can. Mm. Do you know what I mean? He comes across as being quite balanced about, you know, and, and just brutally honest about why he thinks, you know, it didn't work out. Yeah. You know, it is That's quite sad. It, it is, is sad. You know, and it's another one, isn't it? Another one down the down the pan. Another British developer. Mm-hmm. And... Down the pan. Yeah, the only other thing I would just wanted to quickly mention, I know I keep sort of mentioning other stuff, uh, but Ninja you, Theory... You like, like Columbo? I know. Just one more question. Uh, Ninja Theory, they've been given the development uh, duties for the new Devil May Cry. Oh, the Devil May Cry. This is yeah, caused what do you, what do you think a shitstorm, this has. It does, doesn't it? Shitstorm. People are like, he doesn't have white hair. How can he be Dante? He can't be Dante because he doesn't have white hair. Um... Shut the f*** up, please. All right. Devil May Cry has has had it's had a good run, Stu. All right. Yep. It's had four yeah, games. Definitely has. And I think fans of the series enjoyed one, three, and maybe four. Um, but if you like me, uh, I didn't really like it. So maybe a reboot would introduce new people to it. Look, it's a reboot, right? And uh, it's something new and exciting for the fans of Devil May Cry, right? So if yep, you're a fan yep. of Devil May Cry, it's something new, it's different, it's changed, embrace it, right? But if 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 like me and Stu, you didn't like Devil May Cry um, uh, 4 and you thought it was overrated and half a game, then 
it's something new and different, and it might bring us on board, and we'll be like, oh, okay, I'll give this Devil May Cry a go, because it's completely different, and it's a British developer. But do you know what's interesting? It's Capcom are definitely teaming up with a lot of Western developers, aren't they? They're moving away from Japanese developers for stuff. Yeah, you know, we've, we've already had Dead, you know, Dead Rising 2, Canadian. Yeah. Now we've got Devil May Cry, British. Um, I think they're making a really good move, Capcom. I think they're doing the right thing because they've had a really big lull, haven't they? But, you know, over the last few years. Something worries me about that, though, because look at Capcom's Western developed games of recent years or year. Was Dark, was Dark Void, I'm assuming. Yes, it was. Oh. All right. And something else, a reboot of an old game. Oh, um, uh, uh, Bionic Commando. Correct. Well done. You got a point. Um, I know. It was pity. No, we're not doing the quiz. Sorry, listeners. But um, no, you, you look at the last two games they they pushed out to Western developers. Didn't do very well. So hopefully, um, you know, the, the Devil May Cry. I'm sure Devil May Cry will sell. You know, like, because uh, out of interest. You know, like Devil May Cry fans will get it. And you know, people like I me. I it looked pretty it. cool. I've got to say, you know, from the stuff I've seen, it looks it looks okay. People are saying like the, the main they don't like the main character because he's got he he's quite like a gangly looking guy and he hasn't know? got white hair he hasn't got white um no he, he has to have white hair right but he, he's quite a gangly guy he's quite thin and lanky and stuff and he's he's um people are saying like he's he's straight out of a Twilight movie or something or he's you know emo and all this jazz but he has uh, got a bit of white hair on the back of his head see there you go fine fine done uh, I don't know it's it's it's, it's something that, look. If Devil May Five, sorry, Devil May Cry Five came out and it was the same shit, I'm sure me and Stu wouldn't play it. And I, I like, sure... I like the fact that you haven't even put a number. It's just DMC. That's yeah. it. No number. I'm sure. Uh, Duke, have you ever played a, uh, Devil May Cry? Yeah, I've played a bunch of them. I played four for a little while, even. I mean, you know, there's, there's. I love the dynamic of the game. I love being a badass who blasts people apart, and it's very, you know, satisfying and gratifying in the same way that Shank is. It's like just taking on all these enemies and just blasting them apart. Yeah. Um, but, but it gets old quick, and the, you know, the the camera mechanics are really what does it, you know, and and that yeah. and having to repeat different parts of the same level over and over and over again, and it's yeah. just like. I think if you know, it might be that a new developer can take that basic core element that I love and put it into a decent game. We'll have a hit. So you can make stats sound however way you want. So uh, judging by this podcast, a hundred percent of us will try it because it's a new developer. All right. Yeah. So that that speaks for itself. But I, I, I'm not. I, I'm interested in this Devil May Cry. If it was just another Devil May Cry, I would kind of snuff it off and go, well, forget that. But uh, you know, because I don't like kind of Japanese types games. I don't like Bayonetta and stuff. But the the fact that this is being handled by you know a British developer, I, I'm curious. So all of a sudden, all right, I'm on board. I'll I'll give that a try. So I'll just shut up. Yeah, shut people. up. Shut up. <laughs> okay. Uh, but you, no, because you have oh, shut up. <laughs> emails. Emails. Okay. Emails. Here we go. Emails. First one. Come here. It's email bag. Yeah, we we just do them when we get them, to be fair. Anyway, here we go. One Last Time is the title of this email. One Last Time. One Last Time. And it's from a friend of the show, Antonio. See Antonio Banderas. Rhymed in everything. Hey, Antonio. Okay, here we go. Hello, veterans. Before you say anything, it's Antonio here for One Last Time. 
since my email again. Anna, since my last email was at Duke, here is one for Chinny and Stu. Oh. If you remember, I'm a big Dead Rising fan, and I have K Zero. Uh, well, as you may or may not know, K Zero was a prologue. There is an epilogue. Well, Capcom has done the naming of it, Case West. Yes. Uh, Frank West was the first Dead Rising's hero. Well, here back and he meets, fights alongside Chuck. I think it's also available to play in co-op. And then again, he's not a handyman. Uh, just to let, uh, just wanted to tell you guys and see what you think later, Antonio. P.S. Don't worry, I won't bug you again. Oh, you can bug us whenever you want. I said that. Bug us. Bug us. We don't care. You can actually only send an email one more time. Yeah. Yeah, um, so Case West. Yeah, Case West. Uh, it's, a, it's an epilogue. I mean, Case Zero did very well. Sold a lot of, you know, digital copies. Uh, 300,000, I believe, maybe. Yeah. Uh, biggest, so, biggest selling arcade game of the year. and yeah, they've, they've promoted these two games better than they've promoted the actual game, which is also quite rude. Uh, I'll, I'll see. Although I haven't bought into Case Zero only because... I've got other games to play. I'll definitely play Dead Rising 2. I will. Um, so I'll try Case West if I play Dead Rising and think I want more from it. You know what I mean? I want to play more. Because from what I understand, Dead Rising 2 will be co-op. It will have multiplayer. So I think Dead Rising 2 will be enough for me. But if I play it, I go, oh, I want more. I want Chuck and Frank to, to team up and kill some dudes together and stuff, or it's offering something a little more than that, then I'll pick it up. But, uh, you know, I haven't... But Case West is coming out after the game's yeah. released. That's what it? I mean. Like, like when yeah. I've played Dead Rising 2, and I'm like, oh, I want more of that, but I'll, I'll play that. I want to find out actually... what happened to Frank West. Yeah. Well, it's actually not about Frank. It's about his brother, Kanye. I, I'm really happy for you. I'm let you finish. <laughs> but Beyonce had one of the best videos of all time. He's totally, he, he's totally right about that. <laughs> Beyonce's video was way better. It never had anything to do with Beyonce. <laughs> she was just dragged into it by accident. Yeah. Beyonce's well, thank, face. What? Thank you. Thank you, Antonio. That was very kind. Yay! Okay, next one. Oh, no, um, are you going to get it? Yes or no? Probably, yeah. I like Casey Rowe, so okay, yes, probably. Done. done. Anyway, next one. Here we go. What's the next one? Shall I read it? Do you want to read it? RP Google? It's a wall of text, so you've chosen it. RP Google. Oh, yeah, right. It's from our friend, <laughs> friend of the show, Richard Primrose, otherwise known as Skull Duggerer. So, yeah. RP Google. Then is that his other name? Other other names? He like a Wu Tang Clan? Member? I have no I idea. He's guessing. <laughs> RP Google. Who knows? Okay. Old yeah. dirty Primrose. Okay, go. Uh, okay, guys, straight into it. Painting a Mario mural on J Boy P's wall, and don't want to do Bowser or the Paul lad. I'll have nightmares. Did some street. That would be just a random collection of things you send to a podcast. That would be stupid. Yeah. Uh, did some street dancing for the Skullets, and they were well impressed. Pims makes a surprisingly good ingredient for browning of a lamb chops chop chump chump chops chump chops. Yeah, sorry. Uh, bit of a mouthful. Uh, Redwood original boys are back in town, and all hell's broken loose in this hizzle. Looking forward to Carl Pilkington's doing. Uh, what's that? Aphilius Fog. What, what, why is really? 
Around the world in 80 days, Phileas Fogg. There you oh, go. that's right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, he's doing that thing with Scotland. He's right? doing An Idiot Abroad, it's called. Yeah. And basically, uh, he's visiting the seven wonders of the world and letting us know what he thinks the wonderful And how uh, unimpressed he's going to be with all of them. Exactly. They probably this in one of those audio books. Oh, he's going to be brilliant. Anyway. I think I read, uh, I think I read something in a, in a supplement somewhere about his impressions of the Taj Mahal. <laughs> it's, I can't wait to see it. It'll be like two years before I get to see it, though. Yeah. The, clips, the clips I've seen look hilarious. There's one where he goes to the, the... He talks about the pyramids and he said, the Great Pyramids, stop right there. You know, <laughs> why, why are they great? I mean, I haven't seen them yet, but like, <laughs> I'll decide whether they're great or not. <laughs> uh, anyway, he goes on to say, the new priest at church sings like a proper monk. Hurry up, Leah, and get confirmed. <laughs> I, I don't get That's that. devotion for you right there. Oh, Come on, would you hurry oh. this up? That's his daughter, presumably. Yeah. yeah. Getting confirmed. Uh, you know confirmed. what? The princess. No, She's I don't know. Plans for the rebellion. Yeah, what's... get confirmed. Once you're confirmed, you can then sort of do communion and everything. So you I don't know what this is. What is this? I don't know anything about religion. Anyway, what? move on. What's you singing? Know? It's where you open your mouth and beautiful sounds come it's out. It's where you accept yeah. God into your life when you're older. Right. Yeah. Right, Eric P is my idol and I will copy anything he does. Winky fact. Oh, God. A couple of points from last week. Stu brought up the point that he was confused about Vito as a main, as a character in Mafia 2. Oh, by the way, did I say that I liked Mafia 2? Saying yeah. that he didn't really like him and was confused as to whether... I wasn't confused about he was bad or not. I definitely knew he was bad. He was a <laughs> bastard. He yeah. Yeah. Well, the scenes where Vito is collared off for a robbery and more or less pressed, ganged into the army uh, to when he first agrees to whack somebody, it's crystal clear that Vito ain't a nice bloke. Although they give brief insights into his family loyalties, there is no doubt this uh, he is a mean mother hobbard. Um, yeah, yeah they, they, they do try and, um, you know... Give him some, you know, family morals and stuff, I guess. But, wow. He's a bastard, isn't he? He is uh, a bastard. Which leads me onto my next point, And sub... Uh, sub uh, I can't talk. Next point and sub... sub Look, you chose this email to read. It's your own fault. Carry on. <sighs> next point. A lot, of que- a lot of people who talk about <laughs> hey, I can't talk. That's a right. lot of people... <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people who talk about games say they don't connect with the they don't connect with the characters because they are not nice. E.g., uh, Nico Bellic was uh, generally frowned frowned upon. I can't talk. Frowned upon. Every time you mess up, we're gonna go back to Daft Punk. Uh, I didn't. I didn't mind Nico Bellic till the part where he slaps the girl around in the car. That'll yeah, do just, it. That'll definitely drop one's impression of a bitch, yeah. though. And you want kidnapping her, so you're, you're all right with kidnapping her as long as you don't slap her. <laughs> yeah, it's like the transporter, man. you got to be a sensitive There's new no age kidnapper. To slap her about. He just sort of did it because he could, and that's what I didn't like. He and... was controlling the car. Whatever. He was going to crash the car. Yeah, whatever. She was a bitch. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Jenny is on record for pros slapping. I know. Yeah. You and uh, Dr. Dre, if your woman wants to talk, I had to put the smack down. Yeah. I break my foot up in her ass. Uh, okay, uh, Nick Abelik was generally frowned upon, whilst John Marston was embraced because of the whole family reunion. No, you see, that's not why I like. I liked him because he had honor 
You know, that's what I liked about him. I wasn't bothered about the family story thing. It was more the way he reacted to stuff that happened yeah. in the what game. What you couldn't do with John, but what you could do with Nico, you couldn't check prostitutes and you... Yeah, the, the fact that he was he married val- was a big surprise. You know, he had like the values, and that's what made him different. Nico was quite happily, quite happy to kill, you know, a lot of people, and then question. John Marston his... seemed pretty happy about killing a lot of people. He did, but he know. had he had values though, and that's he did it reluctantly, man. Yeah, he had values. Yeah, he did it because he had to. Yeah, and I suppose I suppose John had a look. Like, not a better reason, but he had like a more like a stronger force behind him. You know, he had the law telling him to do corrupt things. Yeah. You know, and he, he was more in a bind. Whereas Nico didn't have you know bent policemen telling him to to to, no. to kill all these gangs. Where he was just kind of doing it by himself. And I think that's why John, he's he felt you know he, he didn't feel as guilty killing you know some innocent people for for some whatever he was doing anyway. Anyway, my throat's killing me. I can't. Kill. I know you picked it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, over and over again. Why is it that the character needs to endear themselves to us to make the game critically acceptable? Uh, personally, I'd like to see more uh, detestable lead characters. Yeah, he's just <laughs> twisted, isn't he? He's just a bit weird. It's a little weird. <laughs> yeah. Weird. So anyway, like, moving on. Let's see more horrible characters. Uh, also, can we have uh, a glum chum update on what they think of Halo? <laughs> As Stu seems to be quite enjoying it on Saturday night. It was good. I've said it was good. You know, I'm still not jumping through hoops though, just because someone says I should. You know, here's the hoop, Stu. Here's the hoop. I know. Oh, I know. Good. Yeah, oh, yeah. Good. It's it's good. It's a solid game, but it's not blowing me away. Solid. It's solid. Uh, and so not leave Duke out, being as you're not getting Black Ops, at least not upon release, what thing would you take from it and have patched into Modern Warfare 2? Feel free to wax lyrical about Modern Warfare 2, just, wind up, uh, just to wind up Stew. Well, Modern Warfare 2 is such a wonderful game, and I love so many different things about it. To answer your question, I don't think you could add anything to Modern Warfare 2 because it's so wonderful and brilliant and amazing. But like I said before, that gambling part of the game does sound kind of interesting, and I would like to see how that works out. But it'll probably be one of those things that's neat for a little while, and then you're just like, eh, whatever. I'm not so bothered about it. There you go. Well done. Right, carry on. <laughs> but Modern Warfare 2 is awesome. I do love playing it. That's it. Enough now. The wrong answer, the wrong answer uh, the, the answer is remote control cars. Remote control oh, cars. Yeah. I did it in front lines. I didn't care that much about it. There you go. Uh, uh, loving your work, Hombres, Skull, P.S., I would never have thought Quanrian was that old. Belated birthday wishes to the indie guru. Listen to an indie section on a rival podcast, and it was pap. There you go. <laughs> what can we... I mean, seriously, what can you say about Subsequent. So you can say the word now. Now that the email's finished. Okay, oh, we've got oh. two more to do. So oh, man. To... I know. We've got keeps two... going, man. I know. This, this one's not too big a wall of text. Oh, because okay. last week we didn't have any, right? So I know, like, we've had loads. It's my fault. People responded to our I know. whining. I know. Or whinging, as you say. <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, veteran gamers hate PCs. True. So apparently we hate PCs. Okay, uh, this is from Jack Kimmel, and he says, Hello, veteran gamers, it's Jack. I heard you guys talking a little bit about the mod for Half-Life 2 called Black Mesa. I've been waiting for this mod to come out for a long time. And I would like to say Half-Life 2 and this mod will probably run you guys, run you guys, run on your guys, uh, you guys' computer. Yeah, that that's really not good grammar. But anyway, 
this mod will probably run on our computers with no problem. There you go. I'll pulse it. Yeah. I have a really bad computer, 1.7 gigahertz processors, and it runs all source engine games great, except Team Fortress 2. Anyway, I would also like to share with you guys a little indie game for the PC, which is a, probably one of my favorite RPGs now. It is called Minecraft. And he's put a little I played chest. that. You have to guess where the, all the numbers come up. You have to guess where the mines are. Minesweeper, mate. Oh, that's mine. What's this? And even though it is not on the Xbox Live indie games, I think Quamian would review it. Uh, should review it. This game will run on almost every computer also. Uh, lastly, guys, sorry I missed the play date, but I sold my PS3 and I just stuck with the Xbox and PC. Don't worry. Don't, don't worry, Jack. Um, the, our next play date is on the Nintendo 64. There you, <laughs> there you go. Uh, GoldenEye, apparently. Yeah. Um, until next time. <laughs> until next time, Jack. P.S. Chini still won't delete a guy from his Xbox friends list who hasn't been on Xbox Live for a year. Uh, Gamertag, Alienized Eagle X. I have no idea who that is. <laughs> I, have no, I have no idea who that is. I just looked at my Gamertags recently, and I have that on my friends list, too. I don't remember who it is, but... Yeah, I've got him on mine as well, I think. Anyway... He must be a cool guy if he's on all <laughs> of our on, friends list. Moving on, we have got one more email. How do you tell he's right. not been on for a year? Well, I don't know. I don't know, because it just says offline when they've not been on for a long time, yeah. doesn't it? I didn't yeah. Continue. If he's talking about my girlfriend, sorry, I can't delete my girlfriend. Wait, is, your, is your girlfriend called Alienized Eagle? Oh, uh, no, I thought that was his game attack. Oh. I queued this up late, so I'm ah. just going to put it on now. Maybe it is. Alienized Eagle X is his game attack. That's his. Oh, oh, that. oh, oh it's oh. a self-referential joke. <laughs> I thought he was referring to the person who hadn't been on for a year. No, he's that. saying that I've got a person on my friends list that hasn't been on for a year. And he I must have been in some serious studying at your friends list. No. So yeah. who's who hasn't been on for a year? Yeah. I'm just probably your girlfriend. Anyway, no, she's she's on. Okay, final one. Here we go. It's from uh, Dave Dog, who we haven't heard off for a bit. So here we go. Here ready. <laughs> After listening to this week's show, weekend in the 18th and 9th, 10. I was surprised that none of you guys picked up on a point that I felt was quite obvious during the section in which you talked about black ops. Uh, given the current situation with glitching and booting on Modern Warfare 2, uh, does either of you feel that the COD point system may well be opened, uh, opening the door to boosters? In fact, it may make the situation a whole lot worse. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's got a point. They'll have to figure out some really uh, clever ways of stopping that happening, won't they? Yeah, right. People abusing the system. You know, if they're going to include something like that, they've got to make sure it's watertight, haven't they, to stop that sort when of thing. have they ever cared about people abusing the system and trying to crack down on it? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, when you break the rules, yeah. When you, uh, you know, when you exploit glitches, fine. But boosting in and of itself, I don't think Infinity Wars really bothered. No, all thingy trade trade off. Case. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, that too. Uh, yeah, I just, I just think um, if there, if enough people, if it's popular enough, people will find a way. Yeah, no, true enough. It doesn't matter what it is. If it's, if it's got that many people on it. But again, I don't think that's really going to affect me as a player. Some mm-hmm. people argue that, like the you know the multiplayer Modern Warfare Two, like all the boosting that does affect them, you know, or I don't know. It does annoy me when you get messages like every time you play saying, "Well, that's that part." Well, is, yeah, but, that, but see, that's harassing behavior, sort of above and beyond what's you know the boosting in the game. I think it's just people being idiots, and that can happen with any game. True, true, but it happens more in that game, unfortunately, because there's more people on it. Yeah, and there's more. Well, again, it also boost. happens a little bit with Galo. 
Yeah. Hello. <laughs> okay. Get that on the PS. So let's move on now. Uh, also, also, while I in general rate the VG podcast above nearly every other gaming podcasts, I don't like that introductory clause there, which no, indicates. I know. Uh, I would question the validity of reading out a list of things about a game that is most likely still preview code. Yeah, question is a second-hand article in the first place. Also, yeah. given the general weakness of the article, was it really worth being read out? It was also photographed against a fake floor, so you know, take <laughs> it for what it's worth. Well, Dave. The, the article I read from was actually people who'd been been playing the game. Uh, yeah. yeah, but you don't know that for sure. This is all rumors and. Yeah, but also, like, I mean, it, it, yeah, it is preview. I'm gonna put a I thing think... on the veteran gamer site. Like, I played uh, Devil May Cry Seven. It is awesome. Uh, I, I think the the game's very nearly finished now. So yeah, it's I suppose he's got a point. Like, we, we, we should. Well, well, you know, I think most of those kill streaks will be right. We'll we'll wait until the game comes out. I want to divorce right. myself from any association with that segment of the show. <laughs> I had nothing to do with it. Yeah, true. It was all chinny. It's all you. It's all me. Oh, no, it was all it's always fun to speculate. You know, I think it's interesting to to talk about these things and what Where's we think about shit? it. Also, hey, Dan, who's just shooting the shit, man? Fuck we're just shooting the shit. Jeez, yeah, dude, no one's making shit. it listen to this show. Don't are they? Worry about that would it. suck if somebody was like torture at Abu Ghraib or something. Like, listen to this horrible show. <laughs> <laughs> apart from anyway, apart from those two points, I would like to say how much I have and do enjoy the podcast. Nice. Uh, as it's one of the best around, especially when compared to some of the so-called professional journalist efforts, IGM, for example. Oh, no, boy. Why is everybody... No, no, no. It's not on. <laughs> Ooh, it's on, all right. What is everybody's problem with Ozzy? Yeah, I love Ozzy. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think it's it. just the first one that comes to mind when people are like, Veteran Gamers is as good as professional... Like, it's IGN, it's... fuck that. Fuck them. They, have, <laughs> they play games all day. Uh, this, one's you, this one's to you. Duke, one thing I would like to say specifically to you <laughs> is if there is practically no one playing a large multiplayer game it generally means that it's not being well received, and it's usually not. <laughs> no, it means people are idiots. That's what it means. That aside, keep up the good work. I do agree with the both of you. People yeah. are idiots, yeah. but it does usually mean that the game's a bit. The only shit. one who likes the game, it's probably not a very good uh, game. Long may you pod, Dave. Dave Dog Three Six. You were going to be meeting at Eurogamer, so that should be cool. Uh oh. Yeah, with all these contingents, apparently there's a ton of them coming down. Uh oh. Way. I thought you were going to say contingencies. Although I like hanging out with you guys, I must say that Chinny smells bad and Stu's got breath that'll <laughs> kill a dog. So there you go, that's the emails done. Yeah. Yay! Right, shout outs. Really, really quickly shout, shout outs. Out. Uh, Duke, first off, quick as you can. Yes, shout outs. Hang on, where's my list of shout outs? Here, it's coming up. Quickly, quickly. I got it. Oh, right. Fast. Number one, JSS Lifelike <laughs> started a gamesman show with the Bed Intruder song, and I love it. Thank you, JSS, for making me smile. Ad Rockski also did some good stuff with music on one of the Adams Movie Podcasts recently. He used the Chemical Suite from Prodigy's Music for the Jilted Generation. That's awesome. And Thooper! And I played some Modern Warfare 2 games. He apparently just got it very recently because he got it for the G4TE night. And then he kept playing it. So we were hanging out on some Team Deathmatch. And uh, that was a lot of fun. So cheers to him. There you go. Chinny. Yes. I will shout out my friend Matthew Weston who listened to the show last week. And he thought that Duke was very funny. Is he a friend mental? of mine? No. Yeah, uh, really. Is he like in a home or something. He's always. He's. Uh, let's tell you. Uh, let me tell you the thing about Matthew Weston. Right. He's from. Uh, he's from Devon. So he's. He's, he's mental. Actually, no more. 
He's actually um, he's actually not far from Nick, to be honest. Uh, but anyway, he he's always got a business mind on, right? And we was out, right? It was like three o'clock in the morning. He was wrecked. I, I obviously wasn't because I'm too tall. But he, we was walking down this street, and there was this shop, and it was all boarded up and stuff. And he goes, "There's so much business potential." I went, "Matt, it's three o'clock in the morning. Relax. You're wrecked." Right, just fucking stop thinking about business. Right, <laughs> so that's for him. I'll give him a shout out, you janitor. Um and shout out to Nick for coming on the show. Hey, yeah, go. I should have thanked him as well. Well, I'm I'm going to thank Nick because I'm not rude like you. And so yes, thank you, Nick, for joining us, <laughs> joining us on the show. Uh, it was nice for you to come on and we someone who's actually got moving, you know, tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, respond to that, Dave. Dog, that's not rumor. That's real hardcore that's real hard research, man. Yeah, everything. Textual research. Yeah. Yes. And and I'm going to shout out all the people I played Halo Reach with on the Saturday, which was here we go. Uh, Nikola Tesla, thirty-seven. The actual Nikola Tesla, the the, the, the guy who really yeah, he invented the Tesla coil. He's wow. still around Tesla playing games. She. Uh, Lambent Wrench. Lambent Wrench. From Gears of War. You play with some you weird people. Thooper. Uh, N7 Spectre. Uh, Zod. Zod. Uh, Rush Stag. Stig. Stug. Something. Frost 18. He's cold. Yeah, and you ate too many. Uh, you ate one too many. That's it. Right. You ate one too many. And also Murphy was there. Murphy. Oh, that guy. Um, Skullduggera. Really, Duke? Skullduggera. Section 8, Duke? Really? <laughs> Skullduggera, Nitex XL, and I'm not sure, but someone else on his console. <laughs> and Steve O'Matic, I believe, are the ones I, all, I remember. Hey, Greg, dude, he can't even do an intro to a show. What's that? It was good. It was really good. We had a lot of fun. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, we have got an iTunes review. Yay! Yeah, yeah. yeah we like emails and iTunes reviews. Thank you, everyone. Yeah. Uh, here we go. And he's called Really Enjoyable. Gave us five stars, which is always very nice. And he's uh, called David McIntosh. David McIntosh. And he says, This is a really enjoyable podcast by a bunch of likable, knowledgeable guys. Yeah, whatever. We know nothing. We just read stuff off articles that probably aren't even true. Yeah, um, photographed on a fake floor. Yeah, whatever. Uh, really pleased I have another weekly download on my list. Keep it up. If you were to force me to be critical, so he's going to go. Oh, we are. Come on, no, Nick, with the critical. Stop. We're not <laughs> forcing you to stop just, it. You were doing so well, Matt. I'm going to be five stars if it's if you got a criticism, <laughs> man. It's perfect, except... I couldn't care less about the musical spot. Uh, but it's, even enough to, it's easy enough to skip on. So, two thumbs up. Cheers, Dave. There you go. Well, he doesn't want to listen to the BGM show, then. No, that's all music. There you yeah, go. That's, really. that's about much. music. You know what that's mean? about like, music. Oh, that's different. Oh, but heaven. No, heaven. What's his problem? Boo! Yeah, it doesn't like music. You, well, you choose uh, these music songs with great care, man. This isn't just like pulling off some. If you like Viva Pinata, no, we're choosing quality tracks yeah. here. People. Yeah, it's like I agree with you. Some some point, like sometimes I want to listen to a podcast where to hear people talk about games, not listen. Yeah, but to we music. talk about games, right? If right. I want to listen to music, I'll just shake my iPod now have... and it'll go into shuffle, and then I'll go listen to music. Listen, though, I have a. We room. got two and a half <laughs> hours of talking we and four two minutes and a half of music. Show. Two and a half hours, I mean, and the music on. is three and a half minutes out of two and a half hours. Although, if you add in all the little extra clips, you get a little bit more than that. Yeah, probably. If you add in all your clips, that's about an hour of the show. Yeah, but that's three <laughs> and a half minutes where we we could be talking absolute gold. 
Oh, yeah. These people are sick of us after two and a half hours. They need another two and a half minutes. That is funny. Right, we've got to go. We've got to go. Yes. We've moved on way too much again. That's all, folks. Thanks for listening. That is all, folks. Adios. Jamafall and all that. Jazz. Mafia 2 is fucking awesome. Ciao. Au revoir. Oh, by the way, before we go, can I just say, I love Halo Reach. That game is so cool. I just can't. Oh, can't oh my God. I'm going to go play it now because it's so brilliant. You big guy, low fanboy. I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Back home, huh?